This podcast replay is brought to you by Orvieto's Awards and more. For 35 years, providing everything from plaques to laser and UV printing. They do all their engraving and printing in-house for quality control. Call Charles at 305-949-8098 or visit them at orvietosawards.com. Orvieto's Awards and more, where recognition is rewarding. Right, all right, all right. Now we figured it out. All right, there we go. Unplug and plug the camera back and then reset and make sure it's just, you know, whatever. Anyway, so just the kind of stuff that happens uh, when you do a live show every day. Those are the things that happen. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful Tuesday in the neighborhood. A beautiful Tuesday in the neighborhood. Pendle, would you be mine? Would you be mine? Yeah, baby. It's a Pendle morning. Aren't you feeling the Pendle morning? We told you about it at $1.34. It's now at $2.82. You know, that's more than double, by the way. As we told you about Pendle and loaded up on Pendle. Woo! Isn't it nice to, like, invest and double your money in a month? Maybe even less than a month. Has it been less than a month for Pendle? Just a, you know, it just gets you like in a really good mood, you know, when you're when you're watching your investment. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not 282, it's 286 now. I'm sorry. I you know it's up 22, 21 and a half percent. What was it? What was it like? Uh yes, yes, January 1st. Today's the 30th. It was a dollar twenty-one. So, yeah, no. It's a dollar twenty-one, and now we're pushing to three dollars. You know, it's just—I'm not a financial advisor by any stretch whatsoever. But just so you'll know, there it is. There it is. If you listen to me, you would have doubled your money. And this is like not even when it's really taking off now. Like things are, you know, starting to heat up again. Crypto, uh, Bitcoin's back up over 43,000, which is only a matter of time. So it's a beautiful thing. I'm in a, I'm in a really good mood with that. That's for sure. Now watching the heat, the heat last night, all they ever do is get me in a bad mood watching that game. And it was the easiest money I ever made last night. Well, no, I'm going to say Kansas city was the easiest money. And then this was you know, just almost as easy. I mean, yesterday it was like, remember we talked about it. Like, how are the heat favored over the suns? Where does that make any sense whatsoever? Not that I enjoy betting against my teams, but at this point in time, come on, man. What is it? A 26 point lead going into the fourth quarter. I'm like, this is the easiest money I have ever seen in my life. How was the heat? favored over the phoenix suns yesterday i'm not exactly sure how they came up with that line and i understand the people betting determine it but it made zero sense zero just like baltimore giving points to the best player on the planet makes zero sense okay I already took uh, this morning uh, Kansas City, by the way, plus one and a half. So you could get one and a half, maybe even two, because it, it opened San Fran one. Uh, but I'm I'm going I'm going Mahomes, dude. I'm not I'm not betting against that guy. I'm not betting against that team. 
There's no freaking way. Uh, anyway, uh, 308 Big Trucks. This is I've never even read that name here on this show on the chat board. Maybe he watches or she watches all the time, but they were first up today on the chat board. Joseph is in. He says, Big O, you were right about Bam. Eight points last night. Yeah, man. He, it's, he doesn't have it in him. It's not who he is. It's not his DNA. He's not a leader. You know, uh, leaders are people that they won't be denied. There's a reason why they have leadership qualities. And there's a reason why they're willing to assume responsibility and take on the burden that comes with also being a leader. Because when you are a leader, you are also going to take a lot of heat too. You know, sure, people will look at you for direction, right? And that's your responsibility. I All of that, and you're going to get the praise when there's success. But you're also going to get all the heat, too, when it happens. That's part of being a leader. So you've got to be prepared to be a lightning rod. You have to be wired that way. And I'm just not, I've, I've never seen it in BAM for him to be wired that way. I know he's a phenomenal young man. I know he's a great human being. I know he's an incredibly hard worker. And I know he's supremely gifted. That still doesn't make you a leader. You know, the leader is something that is inside of you. You can't really measure it because it's it, there's a, it, it's really not a tangible. It's not how strong you are and how you can move something or no, it's not really anything that you physically can see. It's one of those things that it's just an aura. There, there's a gravitational thing to it, and people tend to follow leaders. Animals follow leaders. Mammals follow leaders. You know, it doesn't matter who it is. You know what I mean? And leaders have to be willing to go out there and be ahead of others and say things that others aren't willing to say and do things that others aren't willing to do and set examples of what needs to get done. That's just not Bam. Bam's the guy that follows and takes orders and is a great soldier. There are soldiers and there are generals. And unfortunately, and fortunately, Bam is a great soldier. So that's the fortunate part. The sad part is, if we're expecting him to become a general, that's just not in his DNA. It's He's never proven it since he's been here. And that's... The, the, the examples are endless with BAM. And you can have all the writers in the world locally, okay? I don't care if it's Ira or Anthony or Tim Reynolds or... Anybody else, Chandel Richardson, I don't give a shit. Anybody that covers this team. And you can have them all write about all the glorious things that Bam is. He's not a superstar. Never has been and never will be. It's just, a, it's just not what he is. Not a star. He can be an all-star. 
Okay. And all stars doesn't mean you're a real star leader, that kind of stuff. You know, you, you can be a pretty good player, be an all star. No big deal, you know, but a superstar, a franchise player. That's not what he is. He's not, he's not Alonzo Mourning, and he's not Tim Hardaway and he's not Dwayne Wade and he's not Chris Bosh and he's not LeBron James. We've seen franchise players. We know what they look like, you know, and he's a, a slightly better PJ Brown. That's what he is. As I've told you over and over again, we've had this guy in the, in, 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 in the franchise. His name is Udonis Haslam. His name is PJ Brown. His name is Bam Adebayo. They're not superstars. They're not really franchise players. They're super important to your success. You, you, you can't really succeed without players like that. You have to have players like that. Doesn't make you a superstar. Doesn't make you a franchise player. Doesn't mean you can't be impactful and be very important and, and, and honored and admired and all that kind of stuff, which all of those things are bam out of bio. But what he isn't is, hey, franchise, get on my back. Here we go. It's not who he is. It's not who he's ever been. And he constantly proves that. And I keep saying it over and over again. The problem is we have an issue with nice people. And sometimes we have an issue of not really saying what they are. You know what I mean? And so Bam is such a great dude. I don't know if the people around him, I don't know if it's, you know, I, I get the team pushing it because that's their job to promote their players and talk them up as much as they, even if they're not as good as what they think they are, it's their job to talk them up and all that stuff. That doesn't mean we have to buy it. And too many have bought the BAM stuff. Who's a fantastic player. Really a super role player is what he is. He's the greatest super role player in the history of the Miami heat. Okay. No doubt about that. I'm not going to take that away from the man. But um, he's not a guy that's going to impose his will. And in today's NBA, if you can't impose your offensive will, there's no shot at all at you being a franchise player or a superstar in this league. You cannot be considered a franchise player slash superstar in the NBA if you cannot impose your will. And Bam Adebayo does not know how to impose his offensive will on teams. It's just the way it is. Too passive. Uh, I thought maybe at the beginning of the year he was going to do it, but, you know, like I said, we have to wait and see, and he hasn't even come close to maintaining it. He completely got off of that a while ago now. Uh, the one thing that I'd like to see him, and he still doesn't do enough of it, is play closer to the basket. He's not an efficient player for his size. He needs to play closer to the basket. So, anyway... Uh, let's see. Yeah. Jimmy had 26, but, uh, Jimmy's the problem. That's the, you know, as I've told you, you can't just hang out doing nothing. And then all of a sudden, Hey, I'm going to play now guys. No, you got to bring that intensity every night. So that way it's there with everybody else. That's the difference between Alonzo morning and Jimmy Butler. Besides the title. Uh, Jamie Zoria is out in San Jose, reminding everybody to smash that like button. Don't forget, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo. 
at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. And you can make a Bitcoin donation, which you know we love our Bitcoin donations. Uh, Steve Chapman is in. Steven Gonzalez. Ray Sosa. Uh, morning, Big O. The Heat have been playing so bad that they even made Duncan sick that he had to leave the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gus Gus 1388, Vivinetti is in the house, Cockrell is in the house, Pena is in the house. There will be no magical run this year. They did nothing to make significant improvements. Other teams got much better. You, you can't keep asking Eric Spolster to create miracles, bro. Eric Spolster carries the hell out of this franchise. Brandon La Brian Landis, Mr. Palenzuela, Tipton is in the house. The Heat are choking worse than the Dolphins. At least we have the Panthers and Inter-Miami. I know some of you aren't soccer fans, but we got a hell of a soccer team, dude. Uh, Chad, uh, Jermaine, I'll never understand how Spo thinks it's a good idea for Tyler Hero to be in the starting team last night. Uh, Tyler played 34 minutes and was 5 of 18, 17 points in terrible defense. Well, he'll never play defense. That's not who he is. Let, you know, let me tell you a little bit about Tyler Hero and what's going on with Tyler Hero because it, it's a dilemma. It's a problem for the Miami Heat. Why is Tyler Hero still in the lineup? Well, because if you're ever going to trade it, you got to showcase it. And, and because he doesn't deserve to start, I'm not arguing with you. I would have put his ass on the bench a while ago. But, you know, we've had this conversation with Ira, and they're worried about feelings and all this shit. And in this world, we worry too much about feelings. Way too much about feelings. I mean, people are just way too soft nowadays. Tyler Hero got paid, okay? Every, the Heat has done everything for Tyler Hero. They drafted him. They've been patient with him. He's broken down over and over and over again. You all out there, not you all, but some of you all out there, because obviously there's a bunch of you like me that you would have traded. You don't really, you know, you think Tyler Hero is just whatever. You keep waiting for the scowl, you know, from the from the bubble. He had his moment. That was years ago already. It's over. It's done. He's never recaptured it. He's never been consistent. He's never developed anything on the defensive side. He never stays healthy. The guy never accomplishes anything. Can't play a whole season. Can't really play like a stud night in and night out. Can't defend. You could tell me about all the skill set you want, dude. The most impressive thing about Tyler Hero is Katya. That's it. That That's my most impressive thing of his career. He found Katya. That's all. He got himself one fine-ass woman. That's it. That's his accomplishment in my book. It, it's just, I, I don't understand any of this. Now, here's where the Heat are screwed. They got to showcase him. That's why he's still in there. If you're worried about his feelings, but the problem is he already talked about it. Did you see it after the game? Well, you know, I'm trying to be more of a team player, a spot and shoot this, that, whatever. Brother, I don't want to hear your excuses and tell me that your struggles are because you're trying to be a team player. Can you play or not? Period. End of story. 
and you cannot be consistent. That's all. You can't bring it every night. And you can't stay healthy every night. You're unreliable every season. So stop waiting for Tyler Hero's moment from the bubble already. I'm so freaking tired of it. And yes, the Heat and Spolstra, you got to get to a point now where you say, enough's enough already. And send him to the bench. And if he pouts, too damn bad. And if it hurts the trade value, too damn bad. But you're hurting the team. You know? That's all. Jaquez is a better player. Let's cut the shit already. You know, let's cut the shit already. Jaquez is a better player. Uh, by the way, uh, Caleb is a better player. Now, Caleb has the same problem Tyler does. Caleb can't stay healthy either. Love Caleb Martin's game, but he is a sack of injuries also. But he's a better player too. Enough already. You know, why those guys at least give you some defense, Jaquez and Caleb. Tyler gives you nothing. Nothing. And if he's not shooting well, big deal. I'm I, Listen, I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of the lies, basically, because when you write about them, you're lying to me. When you talk about them, you're lying to me. And when you're promoting them from within the team, you're lying to me. Not that you all mean to lie, but I'm just telling you. I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. I've been done with it for a long time already. So I get it. They need to showcase him just in case, whatever. They're worried about his feelings, whatever. Time to move on. You know, uh, life has a way of kicking you in the ass, right? You lose your job. I, I've lost my job. I've I've seen a company file chapter 11. You know, shit happens, dude. And you get you get hit with something and you get hit with bad news. And then what do you do? Do you just go crawl in a corner and cry? Is that what you're worried about with Tyler Hero? Well, then that's not the right guy you want anyways on your team. The, uh, the person I want to be associated with, the person I'd like to be, which is the person I've been my entire life is, Something happens to me, all right, it sucks. How do I overcome? What do I do next? That's the way I look at life. I don't dwell on what the bad thing that happened to me. Plenty of bad shit has happened to me over the years. But what am I going to do, sit there in the corner and cry and whine about it? Hell no. I'm going to fight. And so if he doesn't have fight in him because he gets sent to the bench, then he it just proves over and over again why he's not the guy. If you're worried about him whining and crying because you sent him to the bench, then he's not the right guy anyways. Nobody wanted him in the offseason. Just like nobody wanted Lamar Jackson. And by the way, for all you Lamar Jackson idiots out there, nobody was regretting it. Some of you idiots made it sound like, oh, well, Oh, nobody wanted him. Yeah, and they still don't want his ass because you have to run one specific offense that nobody else can run. And then it's a limited offense in the playoffs. It, this is the same shit, dude. Same shit. Nobody wanted Tyler Hero for a reason. 
So let's stop making something that isn't already. Let's just admit what it is. Tyler Hero's not worth the draft pick, not worth the salary. End of story. That's all. Not worth it. And the Heat have done more than enough for him. They drafted him. They've coddled him. They've tried to develop him. They've been patient with him enough. We're years into his career, just like Bam Adebayo. Now, Bam is great in what he does as long as you don't make it more than what it is, some of you, okay? As long as the writers, okay, or anybody else that's on that stinking beat makes it more than what it really is. He's a super role player. Stop trying to sell him as a franchise player because he's not, and stop selling him like a superstar because he's not. And there's nothing wrong with we are about we, we just retired the number of a super role player. Oh, and by the way, I have no problem with a Udonis Haslam statue outside of the Kaseya Center. I'm sorry, I was about to say American Airlines. I have no problem putting a super role player like Udonis Haslam, also a statue outside, just like Wade. Zero issues with that how do you like that there's nothing wrong with being super role player i love pj brown i love udonis haslam and i love bam Adebayo, but i know what they are so i know what tyler hero is already i've seen it for years and years now it's enough already enough you don't have a big three you have a big one and the one doesn't want to play in the regular season, okay? He played last night probably out of shame, really. Last couple of games, his effort, probably out of pure shame because he's just hearing everything and the team's so bad and all that. But that guy has zero interest in playing any basketball that matters in January or trying. So you have a big one. That's all you have on this team. And he doesn't show up till April. So let's stop. Let's not make this, you know, a big and 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 I know Ira said, oh well, I don't sell it as a big no, yeah. Everybody sells it as a big three because if you're telling, you know, we do have this conversation that you're a franchise player, you're not, right? With bam. We do, right? So if you're telling me anybody that argues with me that you're a franchise player, then you are a Big three, you're a superstar. Because that's what franchise players are. They're superstars. Tyler Hero is not a franchise player. He's not even an all-star. Bam Adebayo is an all-star, but he's not a franchise player. Everybody that makes it to the all-star game is not a franchise player. Just so you guys will know that, okay? Just means you're a pretty good player and you you know you can play the ball the game pretty damn well, put up some pretty good stats, so you're an all-star. Doesn't mean you're a superstar. Doesn't mean you're a franchise player. So it's time to move Tyler Hero to the bench already. It's time to start doing what's best for the team. You've lost seven in a row. You are five and 11 in the last 16. I don't think enough people are talking about that. They weren't talking about it when they lost five in a row or six in a row and now seven in a row. They are five 
and 11. Listen to me. They are 5 and 11. I understand that this is the first seven-game losing streak of Spoh's career. They are 5 and 11. That's horrible, especially for this franchise. And you're 5 and 11 because you keep relying on people like Tyler Hero to carry you. Let's get uh, Jaquez back in her groove, and let's get him in the starting lineup. I think that's that's the important part. Uh, Joseph is in. NorCal is in. Hey, uh, you want to give Cam a shout-out there? Because uh, apparently he's uh, asleep at the wheel again. Um, NorCal says, wake and bake with Venom OG and a cup of coffee. Let's go, Big O. One-Eyed Jack, Leslie Fla- Frazier, an interesting candidate. I think I would like Ron Rivera. Uh, who should we trade? Tyler, Bam, Jimmy. I would have traded Jimmy two years ago. So, you know, you should have gotten off that gravy train a while ago. I I don't know if anybody will trade for Jimmy outside of Philadelphia. The problem with the Butler thing is you're watching it. Yeah, no, we want to trade Jimmy. Oh, you mean the guy that doesn't want to play for 82 games and he wants to show up in the playoffs? Yeah, what do you want for that guy? Oh, we got to pay him fifty million a year, also. Yeah, it's hard. It's harder than you think to sell him and trade him now. Uh, Sean, if Cody fights Seth at WM, does that mean Rock versus Roman at WM? They are asking. Uh, Steven says, damn, I want that plaque. Well, you got to come earn it tomorrow night. All right? Yes. No, I was just going to say, um, they're scrambling right now. CM Punk tore his tricep in his first pay-per-view match back I with WWE. It. Now he's going to be out four to six months. Originally, that was the said plan. So we'll see what they do. I uh, know Rock and uh, Roman are set for a match, but nobody said when. So uh, we'll see. I want to watch SmackDown. See how it plays out before I say anything. Okay. Brooklyn Rob says, thanks for the tip on betting against the Heat. Took, uh, took, Of course, you took the money line between crypto and sports bets. I may have to put you on my payroll. We try, bro. We try to find, you know, value is what it's all about, man. Value. By the way, Brooklyn Rob, did you get on Pendle? Because you, you got to be loving life if you're on the, on the Pendle run, bro. We got it like in the 120s, 130s, and it's up to three bucks almost, man. So, because I know you, you, you're you on several others that we've uh, talked about. Uh, Brian Landis, Brooklyn Rob, NorCal. Yes, and that's exactly what we did, Brooklyn Rob. We, we plugged and unplugged the camera. Uh, it's a smart camera. You must have hairs out of place. I got too many hairs. That's the problem. <laughs> Uh, Luis Benito is in. Alex Palenzuela. Let me see. Drago. Jeremy Dorsett. Big O. I would rather have Bam Adebayo play power forward than center. He's exposed when he matches up against other centers in the NBA, and he doesn't take more than twenty shots. And he should be more disciplined. He should be take. He he should take more shots. He should be closer to the basket. He's not really. There's only a couple of centers left in the league. He's not really that outmatched on a whole bunch of centers. It's only 
three guys maybe or something. You know what I mean? It's not really a lot. It's not like night in and night out. He's playing. It's not like he's Alonzo Mourning having to deal with big-ass dudes every night all over the place. Now, that was a challenge. Um, But he's got to do better, man. Terrence F. says, won't you be my neighbor? Uh, let's see. Oh, God, turn off the camera. Help. Oh, wait, it's Big O. Nico says, you must be nuts to bet against Mahomes, especially when he's getting points. Amen to that, dude. Gordon Shumway in. Tony Zag says, uh, good morning, Big O. Bam is third or fourth option on any team. This team needs a true number two, which we don't have. Amen to that. Actually, they really need a true number one. The number one should be somebody that can get their points inside and at the three-point line. Then Butler, who's not a three-point shooter, he's a two-point player, he's a number two. Jimmy Butler has really never been a number one option. You guys know that, right? He's only number one because Miami doesn't have a two or three. That's why. They create a fake two or three here, but it's not really, you know, the whole Bam, Jimmy, Tyler thing. That's a manufactured bullshit stuff. You know, that's when you put Shaq and Wade together, like there's no argument. There's no discussion. When you put Bosch and LeBron and Wade together, you know exactly what's happening. You know what I'm saying? And then when you try to put Bam and Tyler and, and, and Jimmy together, you're manufacturing it, trying to create a big three that will never be there because two of the players aren't franchise players. So Tyler is a mediocre player. Nothing special, says Mr. 954. I agree. Nothing special. Not only did he find Katya, but Hero was able to lock her down with two babies. Oh, and he was the sixth man in 2022. Go back to the bench, kid. He wins, bro. He's got a fat-ass check. And he's got a fine-ass woman. So Tyler Hero is winning in many ways. We're not winning from him starting, but he is winning in many ways. He's got a check that the Heat gloriously gave him. So, yeah. No doubt about that. Pendle up to 289. Every time I go back to Pendle, they're up to almost 22%. Kryptonite up 13. It is approaching eight cents now. Those of you that took advantage of the dip down in the six cent range, boy, look at you. Looky, looky, here goes cookie. Cash app or Venmo. Remember, you can make a Bitcoin donation, even Ethereum. At Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show is the address, Cash Big O Show. Ho Yoon, thank you, sir, for the love on Venmo. Good morning, Big O. I appreciate you, Ho Yoon. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the donation, as always, and the amazing uh, dedication to our show, sir. That is very nice of you. Uh, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Where is Bitcoin right now? Is it climbing? What was it? 43.3. Now it's at 43.5. So it's up 2.3%. It got up to 43.6 last night. 
So we'll see if uh, it starts to make a climb for 44 or 45 today. Immutable X is up for 20 and they are over $2.04. For you Solana folks, Solana is all the way back up to $105, almost $106, $105.81. It's up 6%. So it is moving. It's moving and a grooving, which is a beautiful thing. All right. What else do we have? Yes, sir. Cam should be any minute now. He said he had texted you. I didn't want to break in when you're doing your thoughts. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, I see. Okay. I saw it now. Okay. He knows I'm on the show. Like I'm on the air. Right. So I got it. He sends me something at 10 08. I'm already on the air at that time. So, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Ah, Sunfest has been announced May 3rd and 5th. Oh, shit. I am going. It's getting hot in here. Nelly's going to be there. Now, I'm not really going for Nelly, but Billy Idol will be there. Shaggy, Mr. Lover, Lover. Mm, oh, girl, Mr. Lover, Lover. Uh, the Fix, just alone for The Fix, I'm going to be there. Cole Swidel. I didn't know he shoots threes and also no, no, it's actually Cole Swindell. Uh, not that I'm interested in that. I'm not interested in Young Gravy. The Revivalists. I can go see the Revivalists. L King is coming. I can see L King. That's the Saturday. Friday, it's Nelly, Billy Idol, Shaggy, the Fix. So I'm definitely going for Billy Idol, Shaggy, and the Fix that day. Saturday. Uh, the Revivalist, L. King, Dylan Scott, Bryce Vine, The Aces, um, nothing I'm really interested in. So really, The Revivalist and L. King are the only thing I'm interested in on Saturday. Sunday, Revolution is the headliner. I like Revolution. Third Eyed Blind, I like them. Dashboard Confessional is not bad also. I could watch them. Uh Mati Shuhayu, I don't know what that is. Boys Like Girls, The Elevators, Valley. I don't have any interest in any of the other ones. So only Revolution and Third Eye Blind. Okay. All right. I'm there, dude. I'll be at Sunfest. Definitely. Go check that out. And anywhere, whenever the fix is somewhere, I'm there, period. So for sure, Friday, I will definitely be there. I can't necessarily guarantee that I'll go to Saturday and Sunday. I'm not sure. Although it's 40 bucks a day, 40 bucks for the Revivalist and El King, that's not bad. 40 bucks for Revolution, Third Eye Blind, I'm going to pass. So Friday, for sure, I'm there. The $40 for Billy Idol, Shaggy, and The Fix, that's, that's a bargain. And then questionable Saturday, no shot I go Sunday to Sunfest. Thank you. Thank you, Robert, for sending that to me. I appreciate you, my brother. You are the best. Uh, true Finn fan in training this whole week, trying to listen. What are you training for? Farting competition? So, I mean, you know, that's kind of what you talk about all the time, you know? So, but imagine, it sounds like you're already pretty powerful in that department. I don't know if you want to improve. I don't know if your family can survive. So, you know what I'm saying? 
By the way, if you need a graphic designer, you got to call my man, John. He is absolutely awesome. Okay. Working with uh, us and designing all our stuff and doing great work. Uh, let's see. Miami is paying for an average team. So there you go. Big O adjust your camera down. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But they, but the coach doesn't get average out of them. That's the amazing part, dude. The coach gets elite out of them because he gets them to the Eastern conference finals and, and, uh, and, and the NBA finals, which is just ridiculous. We all know that they don't even belong there. I see the Greenfield Festival has been announced for June 13th through the 15th. It's in uh, Interlaken. I don't know where the hell that is. But Green Day's there. Bring the Horizon Prodigy. Dropkick Murphy's, some 41. The Interrupters. Ooh, that's nice. What else do I see there? All right. Just saw that come across because the interrupters tweeted it out. By the way, we got a whole bunch of shows. Yesterday they announced Train and Ario Speedwagon. They're coming to Tampa on the 20th of August, the West Palm Beach the 21st, and Jacksonville the 22nd. You can go and check out the dates, maybe close to you. Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper, along with Ministry and Filter, will open up. No dates in Florida. So check that out. Maybe Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, Ministry are coming to you. Ministry, what they used to be and what they are now, it's kind of how many bands have completely changed their genres of music like Ministry has? I don't know a lot of bands that have done that, that have gone from one completely different genre to another. They were alternative music and now they're like metal. I mean, it's just, it, it's odd. Heart, Cheap Trick squeeze well now the only thing is i was going to go to this concert but i've seen hard and cheap trick a thousand times i've never seen squeeze but i got screwed now they're coming on the 25th to hollywood on april and the 26th in tampa the problem is that'll be the chip cheap trick dates squeeze is opening up for heart on the european leg which sucks for me because you know i wanted to see a little squeeze bro I want to be pulling muscles from the shell. Now, this is actually pretty cool. Speaking of music, Zach Wild has his own festival. He has developed his own festival called the Berserkus Festival. Cody Jinks is going to be with him also performing. They're at Poconos Park in Bushkill, Pennsylvania, Saturday, September 14th. They got a car show, music gear market, a strongman competition, a craft beer festival, Clutch, Rival Sons, and the Iron Maidens are there also performing. That's the kind of festival I would like to go to. Zach Wilde is one of the coolest dudes. While he looks super intimidating because he looks like this badass biker playing, you know, heavy metal guitar, uh, but he is a really nice guy and like super cool, man. I've, I've, I've done a couple of meet and greets with him, and I did one of them where he was basically hanging on, talking to us for like 40 minutes. Coolest thing, man. Anyway, uh, just to give you a little heads up locally, Friday at Live Nightclub. Listen to this. This Friday, 
Okay, you all got to get better at scheduling shit. I think it's unfair to music fans. Watch. Friday at Live Nightclub is Rick Ross. He's the boss, you know. Then Friday again is Nelly and Ashanti at Club 11. 11 Miami, whatever you want to call it. Okay? And I know they're 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 an item, right? Nelly and, and Ashanti are together. Ashanti's uh, Instagram is a very interesting follow. Just want you to know she's very uh, colorful in her in the way she dresses. Uh, but anyway, but on the same night, Rick Ross is at Live. The same night, Nelly and Ashanti is at Eleven, and Friday at Dare in South Florida. I've never been to that nightclub. Fat Joe is in town. So Friday on the same night, it's Rick Ross, Nelly, Ashanti, and Fat Joe. I I I hate when that happens. Like on my side with some of my music. Because, you know, it's like, you, you you know, Judas Priest and Scorpions come to town the same night. You're like, now I got to pick. Right. And I, I figure like there'll be some fans that might like two of the three or all three. And then they got it like they can't go see. And couldn't like live, schedule it for Friday, somebody else on Saturday, make it like easier for people. Anyway, Friday, having nothing to do with that genre. Highly Suspect and Dead Poet Society is at Revolution Live. Saturday, Pantera is at Amaranth Bank Arena along with Lamb of God, which no interest in Lamb of God. I saw Pantera open up for Metallica. They were terrific. And also Saturday, Static X, Seven Dust will be at Revolution Live. That'll be cool. Sunday, you can catch Starship with Mickey Thomas at the Parker. All right. And today is Tuesday. Next Tuesday, a week from today, Tower of Power is at the Parker, and they are always awesome. So if you want to enjoy a little jazz, a little, little fusion, go go check out Tower of Power. Uh, Big O, you got to check out some stick figure. I don't what what's stick figure? I don't know what that means, my brother. Not exactly sure. He is super late. Uh, you know what? Tell Cam 11.30 because we got Manny at 11. Uh, he just texts hopping on now. Let me try to catch him. Yeah, tell him uh, 11.30 now because, you know, I got Manny now. I'm not pushing Manny back and all that. So let's tell him that 11.30 and then we'll get him after Manny. And then we'll be cool. Uh, by the way, Terrence F., Miami paying for an average team is a great line on your part. Jefferson Airplane to Jefferson Starship to Starship. Yep, exactly. That's exactly how it went. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, and they, as they got more poppy, right? Because Jefferson Airplane was psychedelic rock, right? Rock, psychedelic rock. And then Jefferson Airplane was rock and kind of pop rock in a way. And then Starship was totally pop. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess he didn't come back. Cam, we got Manny at 11. We got, we, Sean was contacting you to reschedule at 11.30. So, can we schedule at 11.30, please? Because we got Cam there on the, on the, on the deal. There you go. He, he got it. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you got to love live, bro. You got to love live. You know what I mean? I did send him in the morning. Hey, we good for 10? Yeah, we're good. And then, you know, 
that's what you love about live radio. But it's all right. I don't need to take nine-minute commercial breaks. I don't run out of things to talk about inside an eight-minute segment and all that. So it's all good. You know what I mean? I, I can talk for two, three, four hours straight if I feel like it. You know what I mean? I never have a problem with that. So it's all good. That's why we don't inundate you guys with a ton of commercials and give you 25 minutes of commercials in an hour. We don't do that. We might play a couple at the top of the hour, and that's about it. Speaking of that, uh, we got hour number two coming up. Welton Rayom is a proud sponsor of our program. We love Jeff Welton, Daniel Rayom. And listen, you should always have a lawyer right by your side. Welton Rayom can be kind of like, you know, like you're in the Wild West, which we kindly kind of are, but you don't want to pull out a gun. You want to pull out a phone number and call Welton Rayom because if bankruptcy hits you, if homeowner property damage hits you, condo damage, criminal defense, personal injury, commercial litigation, business owner claims, criminal defense, anything can happen to any of us at any moment. And then you don't know who to call. And that's why I tell you all the time, Jeff Welton, Daniel Rayom, 954-966-4646. Super easy number to remember. Their offices are in Hollywood. They've got an office in the Keys. And by the way, they the consultation is completely free. So if any crazy thing happens to you and you're like, damn, you know what? Let me call, let me call Welton Rayom right now and find out, do I have a case? Maybe something already happened to you a week ago, a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, and you don't know if you still have a case. Well, you got to call and ask. And the consultation is completely free. Jeff Welt will listen to what your issue is, and then you'll find out if you have a case or you don't. Please call him, Welton Rayom, 954-966-4646. Even if you don't need it, save it on the cell phone right now. Grab that cell phone. 954-966-4646. Hour number two is next. Manny Navarro joins us to talk a little Miami Hurricanes next. This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. A ride, a ride. This has to be the hardest segment I've had to prepare for because... <laughs> Good morning and you got nothing going on on your beat bro like nothing it's, going on. it's it's one of those times man when uh you know it's just it is what it is you go through those points in the in the period where the transfer portal is kind of dead right because at this point uh you're, you're filled up in a lot of areas you try to get certain guys and and now you're just waiting for the next transfer portal period and then you're so far ahead in recruiting right like it's 2025 is a long way off where all of these uh, kids commenting on how much they like Miami. It's, it's really, you know, pointless because <laughs> we know we're a long way off before any of them sign, man. It's just one of those weird times. Yeah, no, no, it's just, it, it's, it's nuts. I'm, I'm watching and trying to prepare for the segment. I'm like, there's like nothing going on. So like Manny, you know, like, what do you think about the Super Bowl? You know, like, one, of the, one of those deals, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, just, yeah. You know, well, and, and I know that um, there's still some coaching stuff, right? Is there, there still are they still searching for for a position coach? 
Yeah, right? they're still they're still running backs uh, coach opening officially uh, at Miami. Um, Will it be know. from within, or or do you still I, think they're going to go outside? I, I think it just mat- It's a more of a matter of, of of who sort of becomes open, right? And w- with all these NFL staffs that still need to be filled out, right? You think about a guy like Jason Taylor, right? Like he's with the Hurricanes for one year. What's to stop another NFL team from not? calling this guy up seeing after you know kind of what he did uh in one year in college he kind of put his time in so you you never know if if more positions become open but right now um you know Miami's got an opening at running backs coach I I would assume that it's going to be filled internally or, or or with somebody not major just because it's one of those positions that you can put a young and up and coming coach right you can put somebody who's a really good recruiter somebody who this is their their first sort of college type assistant type job uh, somebody that maybe you're grooming to be a coordinator down the road that wants to learn to to be like a running game type coordinator, that kind of thing. Uh, so it's not it's not a position where you know you're, you're desperate to get somebody proven or anything like that. So now, if if Jason Taylor leaves or uh, you know your, one of your coordinator leaves, and that, then then you got a problem. But I think for right now, it's one of those those jobs that's just open, and Mario can ultimately do uh, what he sees fit for it. Mario's loving this. He's going, oh, these two assholes have nothing negative to talk to me about. So, <laughs> yeah, this segment won't go uh, viral. Or, you know, so he's probably he's probably happy that there isn't much to talk about. You know, he's overall. had, he's had um, a really he's had a really good off season. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, this is exactly the way that you want it to go. You keep your coordinators, right? You don't have to worry about replacing them. You get the quarterback that you want. You fill a lot. Of, you sign the number three uh, recruiting class in the country. You don't really lose any major guys from your team to the portal that you're like super worried about replacing. How do we how do we fill this guy's shoes? So from from a, you know, seven and six. How did the offseason go perspective? Went pretty well for Miami. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, Mario's issues aren't anything except game day. That's it. That's it. He's. <laughs> everywhere else we know he's exceptional as a human being a leader a, a recruiter a worker uh everything you're not going to beat mario in any of that stuff really all it is is about game day and what do you hear about that what what is, do you hear I, I mean i'm asking you the impossible probably but what is it because I, I look at mcdaniel and i look at mario and i kind of see the same issues i love both coaches as their personalities and their work ethic and all that and what they're all about. But on game day, they're not polished yet at this point. And so what is he doing to kind of, and I don't know what he can do without actual game action around him. So I, I don't yeah. know. How can he improve in that area? It's a great question. Oh, I think, you know, you, you look at a guy, you know, look, I know from covering the heat with Eric Spolstra, Eric Spolstra would go in his off seasons and go hang out with football coaches. Right. He would go and hang out with baseball coaches, with all kinds of different people to learn stuff from Mario. Philosophically is not a guy who I think worries too much about the X's and O's in terms of strategy, picking things up like he learned what he learned from Greg Schiano. He learned what he learned from being around Nick Saban as far as roster building, recruiting. But from an X and O's perspective, I don't know that he's he he gets you know he's sleepless at night. I think he just thinks that this is a talent accumulation business. His his mindset is 
get the best players. The best players are going to lead you to wins and hire the best possible coordinators who can work with those guys and adjust. Now, I think he, I think he made a home run hire with his defensive quarter. I think Lance Guidry had the yeah. right to approach for this group. I think he married, you know, he he changed his philosophy. When they had some injuries on the defensive line in the middle of the season, he changed the philosophy. He went from a, from a, you know, traditional 4-2-5 to, to, you know, a 3-3-5 because he just didn't have enough defensive linemen. That dude adjusted, and he still got to the quarterback. He still brought pressure. Uh, he still made, you know, the kind of adjustments. The offensive coordinator, I don't know if that's necessarily a good hire. And it's not that I don't like the guy. I just think, you know, there's certain strengths that Miami uh, had last season, their offensive line being one of them. Did they uh, run the right kind of passing routes to work with the receivers that they have? Did they put Tyler Van Dyke in the best position to succeed or did, did he go off script? And when he went off script, why did they allow him to go off script? Those kind of things are questions that internally I think Mario has to deal with head on. But I don't know that that's X's and O's. That's, hey, dude, don't let the quarterback run rampant and, and, and turn the ball over. Run plays where he's not going to turn the ball over. Run plays, you know, make him – give him a certain look where he where he has to protect the football. Those are, those are the kind of conversations you need to have. I don't know where Mario goes for that. I don't know where he goes for inspiration because I don't think he he really does that. You know, I don't think he goes to other head coaches and, and people around college football. Now, maybe that Nick Saban's retired and living down in Jupiter. Maybe he'll he'll have Nick Saban stop by. I know in the springtime there have been coaches that have come by Miami. Ed Orgeron has been around Miami the last couple of couple years because his son has been there. But to answer your question, oh, it's it's a great question. I don't know if Mario really has that guy that he leans on. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting because uh, that's the one area, dude. That's all he's missing. He's perfect in every other way, shape, and form uh, as a head coach. I, I love all the other areas. It's just the one concern I would have is on game day. All right, so I asked you that impossible question. I will ask you another impossible question. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you know anything about Mark Fletcher's injury? How yes, he's it Yes, yes. It's a it's a it's a foot injury. Uh, he had to have, I think, a minor procedure done. But the expectation is that he will be back in time for the for summer and and uh, the start of the season. So I don't think this is a serious like, hey, he's going to leak into the fall type injury. It's, you know, miss the spring, recover from surgery, come back and be ready to go for for the Gators on August 31st. When will the tight end return to the Miami to the Miami Hurricanes offense? It's a great question. I think when they get some healthy tight ends who can catch the ball, Elijah Royal was supposed to be a big part of this offense. And unfortunately, he had uh, the injury. He had a setback as soon as he came back. And he couldn't just they couldn't just throw him out there. And he's a guy that that has taken a long time uh, to recover. Sometimes when you have those those injuries, you have surgery, you think you're healed, you go back out there, you tweak it, then they hold you out some more time, then you go back out there again, you tweak it again. It, it, it's just been a mess with him. So I think once Elijah Arroyo gets healthy and confident in his knee that he can go out there and not have any setbacks, then you'll see the tight end much more involved. Look, Miami went out and they got this kid, Elijah Lofton, um, out of uh, Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman High School. Uh, that school's obviously... They're, they're pretty good. They, they put out some some serious dudes. Elijah uh, reminds me of, of some former sort of. Wait, wait a minute. He can play tight end better than the quarterback we got from 
care, right? Yes, definitely, a hundred percent. He can play the court, the uh, tight end position. Sure. More. And he's he's much more of an H back type of guy, but he is a dynamic playmaker who can line up in that spot and cause problems for defenses. So, By the way, some people may be lost. Yes. Do you want the quarterback we're talking about out of Las Vegas? Oh yes, um, oh, Mr. Five Star, and now I'm forgetting his name because you put me on the spot. Uh, it's um, he had a nice girlfriend. Yes, I'm, and I can't, yes, uh, he was on the. Uh, the uh, the show with um, all the other quarterbacks. Or Manny, can anybody <laughs> guess the name before Tate, Manny tomorrow? The beat Tate, guy, Tate Martell. Tate Martell, and it's funny because I ran into him like two summers ago. Oh, when I was in Vegas for seven on seven, he was there, and um, and uh, I looked at him. We made eye contact. I waved, and and I could see like sort of the disappointment in his face. Like, oh man, this is some guy who's gonna want to talk to me about my my failed football career. <laughs> And I just I let him be, but uh, you know, yeah, feel bad for the kid. But yes, he can play the uh, tight end position a lot better than that. Elijah Lofton will be a good player at Miami. I don't know if he'll make a huge impact year one, but he's a guy that in year, you know, year two for sure, I expect to be on the field contributing. By the way, the Tate Martell's fake Martell is kind of came. <laughs> that's a better. That's a name for. That's a name. Yep. I was gonna say uh, I forgot what I think I was gonna call him Manvel, and it, and I'm like, no, wait, it's not Manvel, it's Martell. And then, uh, and then it hit me. So, well, if he kept that girlfriend, <laughs> at least he got, you know, one out of two is not bad. It didn't work out in football, but he got a babe. So, you know, yeah, he, for a little right. while, I think they broke. I think they broke up as soon as she saw that he wasn't going to make the uh, the NFL as a quarterback. So, oh, 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 okay. yeah, I think that ended pretty quickly once she realized he's not playing quarterback are you here. Out, are you tripping out with the way Travis Kelsey and and Taylor Swift are like turning over the whole world, like. People are like freaking out on their relationship one way or another. Like, like it, it's a, it's so ridiculous. You know what I mean? I, I think it's I think it's uh, I think people need to embrace it, man. Like the fact that you have a super a, a superstar uh, singer, you know, performer, entertainer in, in love with an NFL player. That's great for the NFL. I I get it. There's there's the people who, who just want to watch the football and they're tired of the of the shots of the uh, of the press box with her in there and celebrating and all that, but. Listen, man, I'll tell you what, my daughters who could give three, you know, what's about football uh, are uh, they watch because of Taylor Swift. Oh, is Taylor's boyfriend playing, you know? Right. Exactly. So it, yeah. It's serving its purpose, man. There's a lot more people interested in it because I, she's I around. I understand why people are, and some people are freaking out, even on the political side. They're all also all up and it's like, uh, yo, like she's trying to find somebody she wants to be with. He's trying to find somebody. It looks like they actually found each other, and it looks like you know they're. Why don't you just be happy that they're happy being right. happy? You know what I mean? Just it's good for them. Taylor's been writing her whole life about all kinds of bad shit happening to her in relationships. Well, maybe now she can start writing about a terrific relationship, you know? Because obviously it's been right. an issue. For her. You know what I mean? It's like. So we'd rather her be Jennifer Aniston or, you know, another one of these women that uh, that can't find somebody forever. You know, it's like, I don't I don't I don't really understand that. It's like, dude, be happy for them. You know what I mean? I by the way, I'm convinced that Travis Kelsey's retiring. I'm oh, yeah. convinced. Yeah, because he, ha he has two years left. Matt Verderam and I go back and forth. Matt's a big uh, uh, football guy, but he's a big KC guy. This isn't even a KC show and all that. And so he thinks he's going to hang in there for the two more years. But I think I think he's become human. 
Yeah. I, 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 he doesn't have anything. He doesn't even need this Super Bowl, bro. He doesn't no. need any more stats. He doesn't need anything. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's got already a couple championships. He's He could be considered the greatest tight end, or if not, top two, top three, whatever, bro. Like, he doesn't need this shit. I think he's done, bro. When it, And if they win, for sure, I think he just he walks off into the sunset and he, and he gets happy because he yeah. got he something else to do now. What's and and why blame him for it, right? I mean, he's got a he's got a good thing going. Uh, he can he can enjoy life, and you know what's to stop him either? You know, from from uh, doing what some other guys have done in this in this profession in sports, where they they come back in the middle of the season, right? Hey, I don't have to go through camp. I can just sign a contract, play in no, in November, December, or whatever, and, and get ready for the playoffs and play half a season if, if that's what he wanted to do. If Patrick Mahomes somehow were to convince him to do that, so how about this? He's doing what the rest of us do. When we find mm-hmm. somebody that we love and we care about, well, we want to be with that person, bro. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, dude. You know what I mean? No, and nothing nothing wrong at all. And and in football, he's probably had enough of putting his body through freaking hell, dude. You know, he said. What is he, 34 now? Yeah. He's going to have yeah. to deal with a lot of shit for the next 30 years from playing football for so many years and injuries and wear and tear and all that kind of stuff. Come on, man. Give me a break. So Find happiness when you got it, man. Yeah, hells yeah, man. All right, what's the happiness you got going on on the athletic? Well, I wrote about the uh, Florida Gators 2024 recruiting class. That story will be coming out tomorrow. I caught up with DJ Lagway, a guy who Miami fans should familiarize themselves with because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, signed with the Gators. Uh, Miles Graham, remember Ernest Graham, the running back for the Gators? Yeah. Uh, played in the NFL with the Bucks for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's uh, his son Miles is uh, one of the Gators signees. So uh, just a story on what happened with Florida's recruiting class. They had the number three recruiting class at one point. They had a bunch of guys decommit because uh, the season fell apart for them. But um, you know, Lagway, Graham, they've got some good players still part of that class that are probably going to play a lot as freshmen. And so I have a little read on them. And uh, there'll be more stuff uh, in the weeks ahead, man. It's it's the off season. Though. We get to slow things down a little bit around here. It's so slow <laughs> on the Kings. You're writing about the Gators, so yeah, I, yeah. I really am. I, I I don't want to write about 2025 guys. I I'm sorry. I apologize to the to the readers and the listeners. It's uh, January. These guys aren't signing until December. So right, and they're gonna change their minds eight times from now till then anyway so yeah these kids come on dude you, you yeah you can't trust these kids or their kids and they don't know what the hell they want anyway all right follow them on twitter and manny underscore navarro and subscribe to the athletic manny as always thank you my brother we'll catch up on friday all right man take care you got it there you go caneswear.com you can get anything and everything with the canes logo practically on it man they've got dolphins gear marlins Panthers, Inter Miami, they got uh messy jerseys, messy shirts, all kinds of stuff, man. So go check it out. Hats of all kinds. They don't have a cutter's edge hat. They should because this is a stylish freaking hat, dude. I've told William many, many times this is a great look. Now, only problem is, see, it looks great like this, but what the cutter's edge guys are wearing, it's dirty. They put, but when it's new like this, see, I don't, I don't take it out anywhere. I, 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 I take care of this hat because it's a sharp hat. You can't find this one, okay, at Canesware, but you can find Heat hats and Marlins hats and Panther hats 
and all kinds of different styles too. And Dolphins hats with the old logo on it, which this one here, I just recently got at Caneswear. Has uh, the year I was born, which is the year the Dolphins were established. You know, the league knew they had to celebrate my birth the right way. You know, they said, hey, Big O is coming to the world. We need to put a team in his town because that man cannot grow up without a team. And poof. Now, I, you probably didn't know that that's how it happened, but that's the real story of the Dolphins. The football gods got together. They noticed I was coming and said, no, 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 no. We got to have a team for that man there. He can't live in Miami without football. That guy's a football nut. And then the other gods asked, like, how do you know? I'm God. And so then they didn't argue. And then I was born, and I had my football team right here. So that's really how it happened. I just want you all to know. So you can thank me for the Dolphins. That's just, you know, it's a burden I have to carry. But anyway, 2655 South University Drive in Davie. Go see Brett and all the great people there at Canes where they know how to make it happen, man. Great people. And use our code, Big O10. You will get 10% off. Caneswear.com. Welcome to Caneswear. New store, new items, same great experience. Family owned and operated since 2010, Canesware has the latest merchandise from the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, Inter-Miami CF, and more. Come visit us at our store in Davie on University Drive, just south of 595, or online at canesware.com. Canesware, the spot Miami fan shop. All right, all right. Drago says she softened them up. Did you watch him play this week? There was nothing soft. Did you watch that catch he made? Nothing soft about that, dude. You know? I get it. He's human. That's all. And he's happy. Good for him, dude. Good for him. We all just want to be happy, man. Good for him. He's got nothing left to accomplish, and he's playing like a madman. He had a great game. He had 11 catches. Nothing soft about what he did this past week. Um, thanks for the 40 years of suffering. Hey, dude, 67, you can't tell, you can't say I never did anything for you. What up, Big O? Was my earlier comment taken down? It was an offense. I didn't take anything down. Did you take something down? I don't think we don't take anything down. We block you if you're an idiot or a rude idiot or you're spamming the whole board or something. You keep putting the same stuff. We block you. We don't take our comments. So I don't know what happened to your comment, dude. I have zero ideas. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, you can repost your comment if you want. I don't know what the hell it was, but repost it if you want. Big O, Mahomes wins the Super Bowl. Best QB in the NFL. Four Super Bowls in six years. Very tough. Congrats to him. Yep. Yep. How about Train and Ario Speedwagon? That's a, that's a really good show, Train. I've seen both. Uh, I've seen Train about three times. I've seen Ario Speedwagon, I don't know, man, ten times in my lifetime. Um, and that's a terrific show to go to right there. Uh, speaking of the heat, seven losses are slacking. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty gross right now. Kane should at least go 10 and two next season. Very favorable schedule and Cam Ward at QB. Well, 
you got to show me you can coach it up to that. That that sounds well and good that all of that, but um, think about Michael. Think about your statement. Ten and two. Um, what proves to you that the coaching staff can do that? You know what I mean. So they they gotta they lose too many games in the first couple of years that they're not supposed to lose. So I have to I have to first see it to believe it. You know what I mean. And putting expectations on what shouldn't have expectations, I think, is the best best way to go. Because nothing that they have says 10 and 2 until they actually prove that they can be a competent team week in and week out. So I would uh I would not put those expectations because more often than not, you're only depressing yourself. And they don't deserve those kind of expectations. They haven't done anything to deserve those kind of expectations. Those are unrealistic expectations. Uh, let's see. Those people are worse than the Swifties. You talk about the people going out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, people picking on those two is just, it, it's ridiculous, bro. Like, can we allow people to just be happy? It looks like a couple that is happy, man. Nothing wrong with that. I, aren't you searching for happiness and and serenity and peace of mind and those kind of things? And it's so hard to find, you know. So I, I trip out on all these people freaking out about those two, and it's like, get off of it, man. Let them go. Leave them alone. I hope they. I hope. I hope that that's the end of their search for being with somebody. You know what I mean? As a dude that's about to. In March 18, we're going to we're going to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary. Okay? And I've been with my wife. We were six and a half years together before we got married. So it'll be 36 and a half years on March 18th. Okay? And it's that's what you want. You want to find somebody that, you know, that can support you, you support them, you love them, you can build a family, you can go through Good times, bad times, because that's what relationships and life is all about, because life is going to kick you in the ass over and over and over again. And if you don't have a support system, man, it's really hard to go through life without a support system. It really is. But when you got that support system, it's the best. Why would you why would you want to fault anybody to have that kind of a foundation? That's a foundation every child should have. That's a foundation everyone should have, you know? So I uh, root for Kelsey and, and Swift, you know? And I could give a, a rat's ass about her music. I don't even listen to I don't. I don't like that kind of pop music. That's not my style, you know what I'm saying? But God bless her, bro. Hasn't that lady been writing music about her bad relationships? Well, there we go. All right, let's uh, get into uh, a little NFL. We got the Super Bowl set, a little Dolphins talk. Cam Wolf, we unleash the Wolf Pack next. We unleash the Wolf Pack as we get the latest in the NFL and the Miami Dolphins with our KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL Network Insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. 
KSDTCPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Here's NFL insider Cameron Wolf. All right, all right, all right. I don't know, Cam, if you were listening. Am I wrong or am I right here? Right? I like it. I like it. Um, I have Are no you issue family with guy. It. You're yeah. a family guy. I've got a wife. I've got a do- I've got a daughter. You and get so it. I'm, I'm probably different now than I was five years ago, ten years ago. Um, but I think the argument that is taking away from the sport doesn't really click for me because most times they're showing Taylor Swift. It's during what would have been in between play fluff. You know, they're usually talking about what's going on in the crowd or what's going on on the sideline or what's going on, you know, a uh, replay. Like there's not much that's taking away from game action. It's not overly done um, when it's done right. And it seems like it's a genuine relationship. And so I can be happy for anyone that's happy. Now, I think there was a worry early on that it was fake. I think it's pretty clear seeing how these people are on. This isn't a fake relationship. These are two people who are, very much in like or love. I don't know what stage they are in the um, relationship. Um, and, 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 I, and I'm happy. And I'm happy for them. And I'm happy for them. Because, like, I, I'm not a celebrity. So I, I, don't, I can't speak this from, uh, what do you call it, uh, reality. But I imagine that one of the most difficult things for a celebrity to do when you're older, because Travis Kelsey's in his 30s, Taylor's in her 30s, is to find, like, genuine love when you've already reached a level of stardom. It's hard to separate is this person with me because of who I am or because of what my name is and this and that, like Taylor in particular, I'm sure that's been a struggle for her because she's the, probably the biggest artist, not in America, maybe the world. And yeah, she has, yeah, yeah, she has to deal with that probably in her relationships. You get an NFL player like Travis Kelsey, who probably doesn't care about that because he's one of the biggest stars of his sport as well. And so it seems like it's genuine. I'm happy for them. I'm happy that we're getting to see a glimpse into their private worlds. A lot of times in football, we see these guys with a helmet on. We don't see any of their their life. And so we just get a touch of it, enough where it's not uncomfortable. We're not hearing about what goes on in their house or in their in their rooms at night. But we're seeing a glimpse of what they allow us to see. And it's done in a tasteful way. So I, I have zero issue with it. And I have no issue hearing more about it leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, I, I'm convinced he's – He's leaving football after this. Uh, I'm convinced of it. I, I think he has become human. I think uh, he fell in love, and uh, and and he's got nothing else to it. It's like the Tom Brady thing, like when he came back for the third year in Tampa to try to win again. Like, yo, an eighth championship does nothing for you. You're Tom Brady already, bro. Right. You're good already. Right. Go, yep. Go back to your family already. At that point. And to me, Travis Kelsey is that now. Like, your first ballot, you could be considered the best tight end ever or second best. At this point, on your you, you don't need to accomplish anything more except you're going to add more injuries to your body. Brother, you're, you're happy. You found your woman. Don't now have the second life. Don't have your second right. life. You know? I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Um, and what in a cool way it would be go out, at least from the Travis side of things, if you can go out with your brother in the same offseason. 
Um, obviously, Jace, there's been a lot of the rumblings that Jason Kelsey's um, either told his teammates or been in the process of tire or retirement. I mean, his brother have a really cool podcast. You know, what cool way to go out. Y'all go out the same way. Y'all start your post-career ventures. What I understand, Travis Kelsey wants to do a lot more in, in Hollywood, kind of in the, in the script element. He would love to do like a Saturday Night Live type thing where he tried out. Like I could see him being a comedy guy, a guy that kind of steps into a different realm. Um, his brother wants to do broadcasting. And I could see them both doing their next step uh, very easily. Travis Kelsey is 34 years old. His body's slowing down. This year, even though he had a really good game last year, you've seen him not be his normal self, right? I'm with it. I don't know what he's going to do, but I'll tell him what I told Tom Brady after he won the ring. There's more to life. There's more to life than football. He's got a whole world in front of him. I know for a lot of people it's difficult to make that transition from football to regular life, but it doesn't seem, at least on the outside, that will be difficult for Travis Kelsey. Not for Travis. Yeah. yeah I, dude, you nailed it. Uh, I, I totally agree with you on Travis because you can tell he has that personality that he can transition to something else. Whereas Tom, while he could do it, it's still not real comfortable for him. Look, he still hasn't done it yet. You right. know what I mean? Whereas Travis will probably do it right today. He'll do it right away. And he'll switch in and it'll be seamless for him, you know, at the same time. At this point, I think he doesn't want to put his body in the course of all of this. I think finding Taylor, I think moving on. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Who you got, by the way, Kansas City right now or uh, San Fran? Yeah, yeah, I'm not betting against Mahomes. I, I think it's going to be the Chiefs again. I think Mahomes gets his third Super Bowl um, in the last six years, which is incredible to think about. And I think, and I know this has been a hot button on the debate topics. I promise you it's not a hot take for me. I think if he wins the Super Bowl, it's just him and Brady. It's just him and Brady as top two quarterbacks to ever play this play this game. And I think it's that way now. You know, I'm not talking, I'm like, if he wins the Super Bowl, I'm talking like today, not like eventually. I'm talking about like if he retired the day after he won this next Super Bowl, if he wins it, I think that he's it's Brady than, than, than Mahomes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll still put Montana in that Super Bowl. Guys, I understand. Guys. I understand. And like I said, I, I got to understand the perspective that. It's funny. I won't put Bradshaw in there, mm -hmm. but I'll put Montana in there. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I'm a guy who thinks, although rings are important, rings are not the end-all be-all. Like, I oh. think that Mahomes can be considered the greatest, even if he doesn't get seven and catch Tom. Like I, I can see. The I, I get so cool. Where I get so cool credit is, and this is the part that I think a lot of people overlook. His first championship, it's a lot like Brady. That you know, well, in the first and well, second too. But the first championship, he had Freddie Solomon, Greg Cooper was his running back. He only had Dwight Clark really as the elite weapon. You know, in that Super Bowl. Now he had a great line. He had a good defense and all that. Then after the three championships, then it was Jerry Rice and Tom Taylor and all that. And Rathman and all that. It came but that first iteration of, of that nine it wasn't as good, the weapons. Kind of like when Brady won, was Corey Dillon, Jermaine Wiggins, Troy Brown. Right. Right. It wasn't like, you know, we managed we Great. It was more about the defense than anything else. Whereas, Absolutely. Uh, I saw Montana deliver. You know, so, right. so, 
major hey, play. And I, I got a lot of respect for Joe Cool, Montana, the way he did it. And so not disrespect at all to Joe Montana, who's one of the greats. I just think that Mahomes is a different level. And while oh, yeah. we're in it, it's hard for us to truly appreciate the legacy element because we're watching it currently. A lot of times right. after the career, we start to sit back and like, wow. Like, I'm sure people who were watching Michael Jordan when they were playing, it wasn't like he's the clear goat in the middle of it. You know, I think I think there probably was a settling in of time of like, man, that that, that dude was pretty incredible. And I look at Mahomes, and I think I, I think I mentioned this before. I think ultimately, Mahomes and Brady are going to be looked like looked at like MJ and, and Braun, where whoever you are, you may have a different reason of why your goat is. There may not be an undisputed goat, um, but have a strong argument. Um, I think by the time Mahomes is done, I think he'll get four or five rings, maybe not as many as Brady, but he's going to get more. And you may look at it, and I still would think, I think MJ is the greatest basketball player to ever play. But if you say LeBron, I can't argue with you very much. I get it. If you want to say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I'm not going to argue right. with you if you want to say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right, and that's I think that's the same way. Some people will still say Joe Montana. Kareem may be the Joe, you know. Some people may still say Joe Montana is my GOAT. And I get it. If you grew up with it, you saw it, you saw what he did with the talent level that he had, and I get it. I've watched Mahomes up close and what he's done, especially this year with quote-unquote limited roster. I think that he, we were watching a legendary quarterback. And I almost feel bad, just kind of like how the other 90s teams were when Jordan uh, just happened to be in their era. I feel bad for a lot of these other teams who are really good and just – ran into the wrong team. You know, the Dolphins were part of it, but, like, no, I no, no, at- no, 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 no. Go, Timmy, D.K. Brown, Dan yeah. Barbie. Yeah, okay, you're talking about uh, – exactly. Uh, I mean, Marino, Marino had the same thing. Yeah, well, you said Jordan. Yep. Our Heat team was, you know, yes. like the Knicks, Absolutely. the Panthers, uh, the Jazz, the, the Cavs. There were several teams that, that you could have said they could have challenged for a title. Jordan was blocking all of them. Yeah, and so you're just in the wrong era. Like the, the Ravens, right? We were talking about the Ravens having the perfect run. This felt like Lamar's time to finally get a ring. Now he's going to get all offseason of just being criticized, him and Josh Allen and pretty much every other quarterback in the AFC when their biggest flaw was running into the Patrick Mahomes. It just, you know, it just was the wrong time. And eventually, some of these other guys will get a ring. Um, but I think it just speaks to the incredible nature of the combo that is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Well, I, uh, on the Ravens' side, I, I would have said, wait a minute. How are you not running the football, you moron? You can't win passing. That's not – the passing is a complimentary to run. I did not understand that game Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it was not a great game plan. Yeah. It was not a very good game plan. I want to hear a little bit of the explanation from Todd Monken. Um, but I say this without knowing, because I've not talked to Todd, Todd or many of the people with the Ravens. I think that part of this is still about Mahomes. I think that whether subconsciously or consciously, when you play the Chiefs in Mahomes, no matter what they look like, you look and say, man, we're going to have to keep up. We're going to have to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and you mentally adjust your game plan because you figure we got to do this to keep up. If you remember, the Chiefs came out that first drive 
marched down the field, scored a touchdown. And I right. guarantee you that there's some Ravens offensive people like, oh, dang. Yeah, after there's the three. That, that, that now we, we – yeah, we're going to have to and, – and ultimately it ended up being 17-10, so it ended up not being that game. But subconsciously, I got to imagine that becomes a part of how you call a game, whether intentional or not. And the Ravens got away with – got away yeah, from who they are. Identity is your identity. It's yeah. Your identity. The one thing I give John Harbaugh credit, and this is why I laugh at everybody. Well, nobody wanted Lamar in the offseason. Of course nobody wanted Lamar in the offseason. Because in order to sign Lamar, run this offense. He can't run Tua's offense. He can't run Mahomes' offense. not who he is. You have to run this offense. So why didn't you run this offense? And then... Here's the worst part. Did you watch Kansas the week before? They got Tyreek Hill and Ragdoll in that. Like, their corners are bad out. The last thing you really want to do against the city is really pass the ball. You want to run against them, which is frank, dude. I, I did not understand that game plan at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Honestly, uh, I'm trying to – we're grappling at straws of what I think they could have been doing. Um, but their team, especially the week before, when the Bills went off for almost 200 rushing yards on the Chiefs, it seemed like the formula was really clear. Really good Ravens rushing offense. I guess the Chiefs defense were one of these only weaknesses in stopping the run. Run the heck out of the ball, right? Very simplistic. A lot of times either football people overthink it or something else is going on that we don't see. Um, but I think the Ravens are going to spend all offseason kicking themselves on why their offense disappeared when they needed it the most. And I got to tell you something. I think also Lamar Jackson is to blame to a certain extent about this. I think Lamar is trying to go out of his way way too much because he's a passer when he's not. And he never will pastor in his life. Unfortunately, when you don't have it, you never get it. Not Josh Allen, not not uh, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. They don't have the skill set to drop the line every single time. They don't do those kind of things. They're and so I, I almost feel like Lamar has given a lot of influence. If he's kind of forced in that pocket, whereas dude, yeah. run, I get it. Uh, the Andrew Luck thing. Uh, the only way you dominate, you have to use your legs and throw off of that. And that's where I think he and himself have too much of that mindset staying in and actually not being Lamar Jackson. Being Lamar I think that's a part of what you said I do agree with uh, is I wanted to see Lamar be a lot more a little bit more. I think that he's told people around him he wants to stay in the pocket. He thinks that he can do it well. And I think he can. I, I have a lot more belief in Lamar as a passer than you do, which we're different in that respect. But I will oh, say, watching him, the overthrow. I, I was about to say, I will say, 
watching the AFC Championship game um, was really a lot of um, a lot of it, it showed people who don't believe in Lamar while they why they are right. Like he did not do a great he did not do himself justice. I think all year had MVP caliber year and showed people why he could be the complete quarterback. This game was a, a blast from the past. He looked very much like 2019, 2020, um, 2021 Lamar, where he was not necessarily fully confident in himself as a consistent passer. And I think that he did not like they had so much of the offense dink and dunk that so much was dependent on them being perfect, being perfect accuracy rise. And so they had really good drives that got kind of defunct when there was one miss, one miss pass or one drop pass or something happening. And it's hard to be perfect when that is not how you go about your offense and couple that with the Zay Flowers fumble at the end zone, the Lamar pick towards the end of the game. Like there's just so much of, of needing to be perfect that ultimately I think it burnt the Ravens in the end um, from trying to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, no, I'm, you're playing the best quarterback who's going to drop the dime every single time on you. And his ball placement skill, that's unfortunately, that's not what Lamar Jackson is. He's going to the ball right where it belongs every single time. You're going to have to make some kind of an effort there. And unfortunately, you know, he I just wish he would stick to who he is. Because you can win a championship. A championship with Ryan Tannehill win a championship, but you're gonna have to be who you are. You dominate with the run, dominate with the defense. Which, by the way, for Kansas City, while Mahomes, we have to start thinking about this Chiefs defense as being very, very special defense because that secondary two years ago when they drafted that secondary. I don't even think they realized how good this secondary was. Those young defensive backs have turned out to be one of the best secondaries in the NFL, and that has that front super special, super special. Yeah, I think I think the Chiefs are very underrated as a defense. Uh, Legarius Sneed, who by the way is a free agent, uh, one of the uh, most underrated players in football. I'm not just saying that for Dolphins purposes. I know everything's going to be Dolphins related. I don't know if they're going to spend big money on another corner. Um, but somebody is going to pay Legereus Need a lot of money, and they are going to be right because he's physical, he's tough, he rarely gets beat, and he makes plays. That's my type of corner. And he's actually quiet. For a tra- for a top corner to not talk trash is a very much a rarity. <laughs> we see Jalen Ramsey. We see Sauce Gardner. We see some of these top corners. They talk. Yeah. Sneed does not talk much. He just plays. And I love Sneed. Uh, Chris Jones had a heck of a game. And I think that this defense is going to end up uh, helping them uh, clinch another Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, Chris Jones is just an absolute monster. All right. Uh, what are you hearing inside the building? Who uh, I know they've been, they're going to interview Leslie Frazier. And obviously they've talked to Brandon Staley. And then they've talked to the guys inside the building. Yeah. What's your gut tell you? Yeah, they're going through a long process. I do know um, they tried, and I wouldn't say that it's over. Just say that as it is. Um, to talk to Ajiro Vero in Carolina, the current defensive coordinator there, who is currently under contract, 
Um, but I think he would have interest, from what I understand, interviewing here um, and elsewhere, given the situation in Carolina. So there may be a little bit of, of conversations that need to happen with the new head coach of Carolina, Dave Canales. And he's got to decide, do we hold a bureau to his contract and just say, hey, man, you're under contract, you're our defense coordinator, or do you let a guy go when it may be in his best interest to go to another place? Right now he's blocked, but if that changes, then I think he would rock it up towards the front of the top of the list as far as defense coordinators to watch. So let me I ask you, left on his contract or more? He has – so he he was with the previous staff. Right. Um, I don't know if he signed a two- or three-year deal. So I don't know if he has one or two left. But either way, they would have to let him out of his contract. He would have to say, hey, you're good type deal. And so Carolina would have to essentially it's, – it's, do you want to – it's the old Tomlin. Do you want a hostage? <laughs> do you want a hostage as your defensive coordinator? And essentially say, hey, you're under contract? Usually they don't. But Usually. I think a lot of Dolphins fans were upset, even though I think there was a lot more with the Vic Vigio situation that I've detailed before. I don't think it was, you know, the it's Dolphins were too upset you know, they, that he they was leaving. They didn't want him as much as he didn't want to be yeah. there. As exactly. Be. exactly. That one worked out perfect. But I think a lot of Dolphins fans were like, oh, we should get compensation. Where's the tampering? All, that's the perspective. I think the Panthers realize they have a very good asset and a Vero. And so they could very much just say, hey, we think that our defense, which was actually top five in a lot of categories last year, the Panthers, despite how bad their offense was, that part of our team is good. We do not want to mess it up. Come be our defensive coordinator. If that changes, keep an eye on the Dolphins, keep an eye on the Rams for Avira. Um, so I'll say that. Brandon Staley, also a, a top candidate. He's interviewed here. The in-house guys you mentioned, Campanelli, um, Ryan Slowick interviewed as well. Uh, Leslie Frazier, who I like a lot. Um, that's a guy who's been with NFL Network, worked with us. He interviewed. Um, I think he would be a great mind to bring things in. He's a different style of defensive coordinator. Um, they are running a Vangio style. So I think Mike would prefer to have that Vangio style. Um, but how much would he switch if things, you know, he wants to do things different, different. Um, Bobby Babbage, the Bills linebacker coach, also is supposed to interview if he hasn't already. Um, very smart, young up-and-coming signal caller, comes from the same group of agency that McDaniel does as well. And so they have that connection. And uh, keep an eye, I don't know if it's come out yet or if it's official, but keep an eye on Anthony Weaver, um, the Ravens defense coordinator, then putting a, a request in for him, seeing if he wants to interview for this job as well. So a lot of a lot of names are doing their due diligence. I do not think anything is imminent as of today. I remember, I think I remember Anthony Weaver, the player. Yes, yes, yes. I think you probably remember right. Did he go to Wake Forest? I don't remember the school. Um, Look it up for me there, Sean. Anthony Weaver, football player. Why do I want to say Wake Forest? Oh, well. Anyway, um, Tua, when when does that contract start to happen? At what time do they start the top? Um, I'll answer this one. I got to run. Oh, I got to get out. Get out. But uh, I'll say this. Um, I'm sure there's going to be conversations throughout um, the offseason. The combine is a lot of times when these things pick up. And so I'd imagine Ryan Williams, who represents Tua, will have conversations with Chris at the combine. Um, he's going to want top quarterback money. And so I think it's just what the Dolphins' comfort is with that. 
um, how much they negotiate back and forth. I don't think there's a timeline with this. We talked about this earlier last week, I think. Um, I don't think there's a situation where the Dolphins say we have to get a deal done by free agency so we can open money. This could be something that lingers until June or July, um, or it could be something that's done next month. And so I think it's going to be something we're keeping an eye on all offseason, how much are the Dolphins willing to give, how much are the two, two in his camp willing to bend, and ultimately do the deal get done or do they say, hey, we'll play out this fifth-year option. So there's a lot of different options. He's going to be the quarterback here in 2024 regardless. It's just whether or not we get this deal inked uh, before the season starts. All right. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf. Next is working at the NFL Network. We'll catch up on Friday, Cam. Have a good one, my brother. Be good out Appreciate there. Appreciate you. Yep. Thank you, sir. There you go. KSDT CPA, tax advisory assurance accounting. They can help you in so many ways. Estate and trust tax, uh, fixed asset services, you name it, business valuation. Or you're looking to sell or you just want to know what your business is worth. They can figure that out for you, year-end tax planning, all of that. And if your business, besides the personal taxes, which they do cams, they do mines, but for the business side of it, by the way, and you got to plan, you, as you know, those of you that own businesses, you kind of need that tax guidance all throughout the year. And it's always good to have somebody that you can grab the phone, call them, and ask them, hey, what should I do here? And they can give you the proper guidance. So you can then maximize your returns at the end of the year. So call the great people at KSDT CPA, 305-670-3370. Use that QR code there. And if you're looking for work, they're also hiring. They've got offices in Dade, offices in Broward, offices in West Palm Beach, and they've got a new office in Charlotte, North Carolina. So hiring here in South Florida, hiring in Charlotte, North Carolina, Reach out to the great people at KSDT CPA. This has been the KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305 670 3370. All right, all right, all right. Yes, sir, Sean. It was Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was kind of like gold and black, right? You know, it's kind of like, you know, the, the gold helmet is kind of smart. You got to hit the books in Notre Dame. You got to hit in Wake Forest. So it was kind of close. It's kind of close. I remember Anthony Weaver. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Lamar Jackson is the biggest playoff choker of all time. Twice a number one seed. Both times bounced from the playoffs. Didn't even get to the Super Bowl. And he won the first week because they were playing a you know a rookie quarterback and a young team and all that kind of stuff, you know, overall. But I don't know about biggest choker or whatever. It's just he's limited as a passer. He'll freak you out as an athlete. You know, as I said yesterday, his two biggest plays were one, that it was a sack that he escaped out of, which you're not going to be doing all the time. You know what I mean? And the, the, the part I forgot to mention to Cam and why he also failed, it's because they blitzed his ass. You know what our idiot defensive coordinator didn't want to do? Fangio? Yet Josh Boyer and Flo knew attack Lamar. 
He can't make quick decisions. Instead, Fangio gave him three, four seconds back there. Any quarterback, you're going to look great. The problem is so many that were bragging about Lamar actually didn't watch the games. They didn't watch that his team led Yak. His receivers were number one in the NFL for Yak. Okay? You know, they used to say that about Tua last year, right? And Tua was actually the least Yak guy. He was actually throwing more air yards than everybody else. You know what I mean? But that's uh, but people stay away from the facts that Lamar is actually the guy that benefits practically the most in the NFL from Yak. And that's because they were short little dinked on passes, and then they would go everywhere, and they take off. He's not throwing a bunch of people open or anything like that. And this defensive coordinator, Spags, who's one of the best in the last 40 years, knew exactly what to do, what others have done. But so many this year, they were afraid to rush him because then they're afraid he runs. But that's where you want Lamar. You've got to go after him. Yes, it's got to be perfect. You can't make a mistake because he did get a big run against the Chiefs. But you got to live with it. Last year, he got a 74-yard run on it. And so what? He lost. Josh Boyer said, F it. We're going to blitz the house on this guy. We're not going to give him time to think. And he can't read and react because that's not what he is. He's an athlete. He's not a real quarterback. He's not an anticipatory guy. He can't look at the defense and know exactly where he's already going. He doesn't know that shit. He waits till somebody's open, and then he throws it because he's got a wicked arm. And that's why he failed. Because the obvious thing you've got to do to Lamar is blitz his ass. Stop the run and blitz him. Force him to pass. And you'll beat him every time, pretty much. Once in a blue moon, he'll get lucky. And that day, he'll come hot. And he'll hit a couple passes, and you're screwed. And you got to live with that. Because he's an athlete. So a couple times a year, he's going to freak you out. But he can't do it every week. So you go with the averages. The law of averages says, blitz the shit out of Lamar Jackson. Because there's no way he's going to read and react quick enough. And that's it. And that's why he failed. I don't know about biggest choker or whatever, but it's just really easy to read what kind of player he is. Too many can't read what kind of player he is. So, anyway. Uh, let's see. The formula on Lamar is simple. It is. It actually is. Not easy, but it's simple. Lamar tried to prove he could be a throwing a throwing from the pocket. That's not his game. Exactly. The Chiefs are going to be good for a long time. Yep, they are. Although they will lose Kelsey this year, so they will have to find a playmaking tight end. That will be a big loss for them. Okay. Uh, Boyer blitzing Lamar did not work. How did it not work, dude? They beat him. Last year, what are you talking about? They shut him down the entire second half. Miami came back and won the game. What are you talking about? And they blitzed them the year before, and they won. What are you talking about, dude? When they blitzed Lamar, they won. 
again, Reggie D is so typical of so many out of you out there, including media members. You don't watch the games. And when you do, a lot of you don't really know what's actually going on. Reggie D is a perfect example of someone that may watch the games but has zero clue what's going on. Anybody that says blitzing did not work, like that's as moronic as it gets. That's what they did the last two years. That's why they were 2-0 against Lamar because they blitzed his ass. Uh, do you think the Ravens are going to be this generation's Air Coriel? Well, they're they're. I I understand what you're saying. They're kind of on their way to that. Yeah, kind of makes sense. But that team never had a defense. That's the thing. It was Fouts and you know John Jefferson, Charlie Joyner, and James Lofton, and it was uh, Chuck Muncy or. Uh, what was the other guy? They had another back there, too, besides Muncie. When Muncie left, they had another decent back. But the bottom means, Natron means, right? Um, no, maybe Natron means was a little bit after that. There was somebody in between, I think. Maybe I'm – yeah, I think so. But anyway, either way, they had some amazing offensive talent. Their trio of receivers were some of the best trio of receivers I've ever seen in my life, you know? So, um, but I, I, they never really had a great day. It reminds me a lot of the Dolphins, except they were better at the running game than the Dolphins were. But they didn't really have a great defense. Those char those Air Coriel teams, they didn't really have a shutdown defense to complement them. Whereas Baltimore's got a defense, not a generational defense, but it's a good defense, really good defense. And they got a great offensive line, and they got a running game. They have more balance. It's just they don't have the passer. That's the, that's what hurts Baltimore. They've got to play that kind of offense. And that's the other thing. John Harbaugh, you have dedicated your, this part of your career to Lamar Jackson. And he is what he is. How come you don't play him the way he is? And you're now trying to make him a passer? And that was stupid. That was catastrophically stupid. So I understand that Lamar and company are turning into the Chargers. But I'll give the Chargers the break I can't give the Ravens. The Chargers didn't have that defense. So there was a good excuse for them not to really get it done. You know, in the end, when I look at it, like the Dolphins or the Chargers, I know why we didn't win or why the Chargers didn't win in those days. We didn't have defenses, you know. Lamar's arm doesn't suck, Benito. Lamar's arm is fantastic. He's got a gun. His accuracy sucks. Not his arm. His arm is one of the three best in the NFL. Okay? Very few people can throw the football like Lamar. Very few. Now, Lamar doesn't know where it's going. That's the difference. His arm doesn't suck. His accuracy sucks. Let's let's at least say it right. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, Lamar can't pass like Fouts. Fouts was an accurate quarterback. 
It's different. Fouts was a passer. He's a pure pocket passer. You know what I mean? That's not Lamar's game. Lamar is a running quarterback. Uh, let's see. Uh, Big O, Omar mentioned if Tua is a free agent, not many teams will pick him up. And that's an indictment on Tua that we should not get him paid when Lamar went to the open market. Nobody picked him up. Um, listen, I, I don't know what Omar said, to be quite honest. I don't know if that's exactly what he said, to be quite honest, because it's hard to take the opinions of you guys. I don't want to play telephone because sometimes you guys don't hear what people actually said. Um, but I'll tell you this, okay? I have no doubt in my mind that if Tua was available in free agency, he would be picked up and somebody would give him a big contract because there will be intelligent teams that will understand how to play him. But the problem that goes on with some of the media members in town, with some of you fans out there, is that you don't understand the quarterback position. You don't understand what Tua is. And just like Mike McDaniel, you don't know how you should play the quarterback. And just like you shouldn't play Lamar Jackson as a passer, you should play him as a runner. Same thing when Jimmy Johnson takes over. You should not take away audibles from Marino. You should not take away his pass-catching running backs. You should not take away his Pro Bowl wide receiver because you can't replace them. There's no way he can overcome having an advantage when he doesn't have the playbook in order to call. But when he had the playbook right on his sleeve or in his head, he's able to call whatever play and adjust at that moment because he sees the defense. But if you want to put Marino in the same disadvantage that Mike McDaniel puts Tua constantly, sending in plays late so you can't adjust to play, you can't adjust to protections, the play is in so late, you just got to run it, and they may have the right defense in place. Well, that really puts an off. That really puts your quarterback at an advantage. So, you know, this is kind of part of the game, unfortunately, okay? Part of the game is understanding what your player is, and then how do we play this guy? Oh, I see. He is Durham Smythe. Let's make him our pass-catching tight end. Uh, let's not. That's not what he is. But when you do things that you shouldn't do, don't expect a different result. Expect what you should expect. Durham Smythe is mediocre. Durham Smythe is a backup and has no business starting on your team. Right? So you got to play people where they belong. And as I've said over and over again, we got a Mike McDaniel that can't win challenges, that doesn't know how to send in plays on time. And he doesn't even know what kind of quarterback he has. He plays he plays Tua like he's Dan Marino or John Elway. And you cannot play Tua like Pat Mahomes or Joe Burrow. The only two guys in the NFL that can play without a running game and just go slinging it all over the place. No. No. And so hopefully our head coach actually understands what kind of football player he's coaching. And then that way he can maximize it and go win a bunch of titles. Okay. But it's up to him to figure it out. Tampa could, didn't know what to do with Steve Young. And then Sam Fran did. 
that's kind of the way it goes. You know, sometimes you get a player and then you don't know how to maximize that player. And then there goes another coach and says, yeah, no, I we can work with Jared Goff better than you. And that's what the Detroit Lions did over the Rams. It's interesting how that works out, right? You know, a player looks completely different when he goes to Seattle in Geno Smith or playing for the Jets. Not that Geno Smith was a great quarterback, but Geno Smith at least became a better player in that system. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the way it is. The, the problem here is that people don't understand the quarterback position or don't understand the player and how to use it. So if you misuse it, the player is going to look bad. But if you know how to use them, then the player ends up looking pretty damn productive for you overall, right? Kendall Lamb looked better here than he ever did in the other seven, eight years anywhere else he was. Hassan Whiteside, while a bum, played his best basketball for Eric Spolstra because Eric looked at what he was and then played him to whatever he could get out of him and got the max out of him, right? Most people wouldn't have been able to resurrect Duncan Robinson's career out of nothing, but the Heat did. James Johnson bounced around the NBA, came here, played the best basketball of his career because they, at the Heat, they do a really good job of identifying you, who you are, and then we're going to say, okay, this is how we're going to play you. And then you, you end up thriving in the Heat unlike another place. And that's because, again, you must understand who you're coaching. And then, now that you know who you're coaching, now you can coach them up to their strengths and sidestep their weaknesses or whatever you want to call it. Lack of strength, if you want. So that's really what's going on here. You guys can end up with the stupidity and the bullshit stuff, which I don't know whether Omar was talking about it or not. Oh, if he was a free agent or what? He's not a free agent, so you can talk about those stupid hypotheticals and waste your time. But in the end, what's going on is that a shit ton of you don't understand the quarterback position, including people in the media. So that's what's going on more than anything else. Okay. Uh, let's see. Washington wouldn't mind having to, yeah, I don't care about that. Uh, Big O, do you think San Francisco, uh, I'm not talking about, uh, I see what you're saying oh, about Eric Correa on the defense, but like the Ravens, they were gangbusters in the regular season and fell short in the playoffs. Amen to that. That's why I said, I understand what you're saying. The only thing is I, I could give the, the, the chargers a break on that because they never had a defense when they would go to the playoffs, you know, but you're right. You're right. I, I, I can't argue that they could be very chargers. Like that's kind of the way they would be viewed, but only old people like you and me would be able to make that correlation. Young people would have no idea because they don't, they didn't see the, like, it's like when Cam was talking about Mahomes and Brady are the goat. And then I said, well, you know, I don't want to forget Joe cool here. But Cam never saw Joe Montana play. He has no idea. You know, he 
he could go watch YouTube and he could go watch a highlight and all that, but that doesn't give you really the feel for Joe Montana. You know what I mean? If you lived it and watched it, then you have it. You know, it's a different ballgame. Uh, let's see. McDaniel doesn't seem very smart to me, and I'm going off two years I've seen from him. He is smart, but he doesn't coach smart. You're right about that. You know, there are a lot of people that are smart, and then they do dumb things. And McDaniel's a smart guy that unfortunately outthinks himself, and it ends up being stupid what he does. That's what it is. It's he's definitely a smart guy, but he outthinks himself, and that happens. Smart people do that all the time, dude. You overthink something, and then you do it the wrong way. Uh, Bigger, what are your thoughts on the former Bills DC? Do you think he's a good fit? Well, we were talking about the linebackers coach from from the Bills. That's who the guy we were talking about, and he's still there, I think. So. Oh, I think he means Leslie Frazier. Oh, Frazier? Yeah, he'd be solid. You know, the good thing about Frazier um, is the head coaching stuff. So he has that to kind of be a sounding board for Mike McDaniel. He kind of looks like a Mike McDaniel type coach. Because Leslie Frazier is not like this, you know, screamer and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, what else do we have going on? All right. Let me, uh, let's get into our uh, 3A graphics sports calendar. Heat now have, uh, have, uh, or is it? Uh, yeah, Heat have now lost seven in a row. Last night they lost to the Suns, one eighteen to one oh five. They're now just one game above five hundred, twenty four and twenty three, twelve and eleven at home, dude. Anyway, uh, they will uh, take on Sacramento on Wednesday at seven thirty tonight. The best team in South Florida, number two in the conference with sixty six points, the Florida Panthers. They will, uh, they will, no, not tonight, February 6th, which is a week from tonight. They will take on Philly at seven o'clock, right? So, uh, there you go. Cause obviously, uh, All Star and all that crap, they're off. Uh, tonight at nine o'clock, not the Panthers. Panthers is next Tuesday. Tonight at nine o'clock, the University of Miami takes on NC State. NC State is favored by four and a half. Uh, NC State is 13 and 7 and 5 and 4 in the conference. And Miami's 14 and 6 and 5 and 4 in the conference. And I got to tell you something Vegas has NC State favored by four and a half. I took the Canes plus four and a half. I think the Canes either win this game or barely lose this game because Omir is playing off. His rocker, dude. I think he's going to be a force again tonight. I like the Canes plus four and a half in this one. To me, that is value. And we're not talking about an NC State team that's some juggernaut here, okay? They're a decent team. But I think Miami's actually pretty good in getting better now, now that Omir is back and everything's kind of getting settled in. Uh, I'm going to be watching tonight at 9 o'clock, and I'm, I, I've already put some action in on this. 
I took the Canes plus four and a half. I'm riding with that. So you guys do as you please. I'm not a financial advisor by any stretch, but uh, I'm going with that one. And, of course, our 3A graphics, sports calendar, Alan Blanco and the great people. Call them 786-618-1443. Custom printing and embroidery, 3A graphics, sports calendar. Yes, sir. Call them, baby. Remember, we're going to have a shooting contest tomorrow, 7 o'clock, 7 p.m., Top Gun Indoor Range, all right? Oh, I got the plaque downstairs, but I got the plaque already. It is set to go. I went to uh, went to a top. I went to um, Orvieto's Awards and more right off of 163rd, right by the uh, mall, close to the mall. It's uh, like right across from. Well, it's pretty close to Chick-fil-A. It's another block and a half east of Chick-fil-A on 163rd. Fat people, food, landmarks, it's what we do. Anyway, um, went there yesterday. I've known Charles for a long time, and they do an awesome job. So if you need any kind of trophies or plaques or anything like that, or Vietto's awards and more, please call my friend Charles. Right there, 305-949-8098. They will take care of you. You could probably do a lot of that even online. They can show you all kinds of stuff and everything. So you don't even have to go there. And uh, they can even ship it back out to you if you want to. Everything can be done with pictures and everything. You can all see it and all that. That's the beauty of, of technology nowadays. But reach out to Charles, man, 305-949-8098 for Orvieto's Awards and more. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else do we have going on? Remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. And you can also make a Bitcoin donation on Cash App or Venmo. Okay. Oh, uh, let me get you a little music entertainment. And music history. Well, uh, first of all, let's get to a little birthdays. Let's do that. Now, let's do music history. The 30th. Let's do that first. Little music history on January 30th in 1969. The Beatles played their famous lunchtime rooftop gig on the Apple Building in London. The 40-minute gig wound up being the last time the group would ever perform live. At the end of the set, John Lennon told the crowd... I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and ourselves, and I hope we pass the audition. In 73, on this date, fresh from changing their name from Wicked Lester, a group called Kiss made their first appearance. It took place at the Popcorn Club in Queens, New York, and it featured the all-original members, Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Peter Chris, and Ace Freely. In 82, on this date, Hall and Oates went to number one with I Can't Go For That. No, no can do. The duo's fourth number one in America. And now they give each other a different kind of number one. Uh, in 1972, more than a dozen Roman Catholic civil rights marchers were shot by British soldiers in London, Londonderry, Northern Ireland. The event became known as Bloody Sunday and the inspiration for U2's song, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. 
In 88 on this date, In Excess had their first hit in America with Need You Tonight. And that's what happened today in Musica history. Now we go with birthdays today. Celebrating a birthday on January 30th. Uh, Dexter King, movie actor, born in 61 on this date. Sadly, we just lost him here in 2024. Kid Cudi, a rapper, is 40 years old. Uh, Sean Becky Lynch, wrestler. I got two thumbs up. Okay. So you guys got a Becky wrestling, huh? Christian Bale. Oh, how good for you. He is 50 years old. Danielle Campbell, act, movie actress, is 29. Uh, D Storm Power, singer, 42. Franklin D. Roosevelt. The former president, born in 1882 on this date, lost him in 45. Elza Gonzalez, TV actress, is 34. Phil Collins is 73. I just saw Robert Plant tweet out uh, a happy birthday to Phil Collins. Uh, movie actress Olivia Coleman is 50. Uh, let's see, let's see. Who else? Wilder Wilmer Valderrama. He is 44. Isn't wasn't he born here? Wasn't he born in Miami? Yep, birthplace Miami. Aquarius. There you go. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? bunch of tiktok and youtube stars that i have no idea who the hell they are some girl named Haley reese she's 28 she's a pop singer i don't know who the hell she is let me click into it and find out multi-talented singer songwriter model and actress who has made a name for herself as an opening act for elisa a performer in season three of next star okay i would never know that okay but happy birthday to her anyways, right? Gene Hackman, one of my favorite actors of all time, 94 years old. Man, God bless him. He's made it to 94, man. Jesus, you're stealing money. Once you hit 80, I think you're stealing money at that point, right? 80, that's like the cutoff, you know? Once you get to 80, you're like already, you're, 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 you're tempting it already at that point. You know, you're in your 70s. You've lived a long life. Good one. Once you get to the 80s, you're a badass. And you get to the 90s, you're, you know, you're, you're in, you're in like superb territory. Peter Smelly Crouch, soccer player, is 43 years old. One of the tallest players ever, by the way, 6'7, played for the English national team from 05 to 10. Also had stints with Tottenham Hotspur, Aston Villa, and Liverpool. Okay. Happy birthday to Peter Smelly Crouch. Those are your birthdays today. How about that? All right. By the way, do you see where they're going to put the tallest building 
in the world there, uh, Sean? You have any idea? Did you hear about this? Where where would you put the tallest building? What city would you put it in? Buffalo. <laughs> Pretty close. Plans to build the tallest skyscraper in the United States are shaping up in an unlikely metropolis, Oklahoma City. Developers at a real estate company are adjusting the already ambitious plans to construct a boardwalk at Brick, a Bricktown Tower a few hundred feet to make the building 1,907 feet, which would make it the tallest in the country. I think I said the world, the country. Because uh, the one in, um, so it's uh, Khalifa or something like that. Not the Wiz Khalifa, but whatever it is, right? Something like that is the one in uh in um dubai right if i i think that's the tallest one the symbolic heights honor the year that oklahoma was admitted as the 46th state of the united states the firm's initial application for the tallest build had the tallest buildings four towers reaching 1750 feet which would have made a second tallest building behind manhattan's freedom tower manson capital monday it intended to request a variance from the city zoning to construct the mammoth project. If approved, the structure would be the fifth tallest in the world. Let's see if they actually have the list of all of them. Plans for the structure call for three towers, each about 345 feet tall and a fourth tower jutting at 1,907 feet into the sky, dominating Oklahoma City's otherwise unremarkable skyline. Uh, the mixed use the mixed use project spans five million square feet. Plans include a seventeen hundred and seventy six residential units, two Hyatt hotels, condos, and one hundred ten thousand square feet of commercial and community used space. The top floors of the super tall tower will have a restaurant, a bar, an observation deck, according to Mattinson Capital, an observation deck to see Oklahoma City. Okay. Uh, however, city officials told Oklahoma City Free Press that the company would need city officials to rezone the property instead of simply requesting a variance. They have 680,000 people in Oklahoma City, one of the fastest growing cities in America, jumped to 20th last year. So there you go. How about that? Oklahoma City will have the tallest building in the United States. That's some crazy shit right there, man. That is some crazy, crazy stuff. Brett Dodger likes Gene Hackman. Lenny Pena says Gene Hackman is a master of his craft. Man is a living legend. Amen to that. Amen to that. Love Gene Hackman. I, it's like, I, and I can watch Bat 41, I think it is, or... um mississippi burning right when the one where he was a lawyer and oh man that that one is it mississippi burning i think it is he is so good as a lawyer and i don't care if i'm watching the replacements or whatever man chinatown i i mean it's just he's so good man he's so good is he our is he the most successful movie coach of all time Gene Hackman is Gene Hackman the most successful movie coach of all time. 
He took Hickory to the championship. And the replacements beat an NFL team as Shane Falco only played a half. What happens if Shane Falco plays the whole half? The Sentinels kick their ass. Gene Hackman, greatest movie coach of all time. Right? Nobody's done two coaching stints in the movies, right? Anybody else? And, I mean, Hoosiers is probably top five sports movie of all time. I don't know if it's your number one, but if it's not in your top five, you don't know sports movies. That's all I got to say. But Gene Hackman has got to be the greatest movie coach of all time. Not one, but two, and two different sports. What do you got for me, Sean? I was going to go with Al Pacino. You know, he was the head coach of the Miami Sharks. They won the championship, and then he stole Willie Beeman to go make a startup team. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hoosiers alone is better than both those movies combined. I'm not going with the movie. I'm going with the results of the coach. Oh, that's right. I got to go with the coach and the movie results. Oh. I have to go with both. Oh, oh, oh. I have to go with both, right? I mean, I have to go with he's the best because those the two movies. Hell, I got to tell you something. I'm taking the replacements over every given Sunday, oh. any given Sunday. I don't think any given Sunday was that good, actually. It was all right. I didn't really ever look at any given Sunday as a really good movie. Hoosiers is replacements is a fun movie. I can watch that one all the time, but Hoosiers is God. That is one of the great man. The Mia Khalifa. That's it. She sucks them that big. So yeah, that that's, that's about, that's about accurate. Yes, sir. Sean, <laughs> not a coach. But I was what? I was trying to get you before you got into that. I mean, I can't even I can't even go after that. What the hell am I supposed to go with now here? I was gonna uh, say, how about Kevin Costner? Because he built the baseball field of dreams, and then he was a hell of a GM. It was a terrible movie, but terrible yeah. movie, but that damn deal? Are you kidding me? But it's a coach, not a GM. That's the thing. So but that's good. I actually like that one better than Al Pacino, but he's a coach. He's not a coach. He's a GM there. That's the problem with that one. So, the Fonz in the Water Boy. <laughs> uh, Big O, I will always remember Hackman as Popeye Doyle. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. It's such a random city to put one of the tallest buildings in the world. I know. It's just crazy that Oklahoma City would be the one. Uh, unacceptable, not taking the points and kicking the field goal. Fire Dan, time to clean house. <laughs> you know, it's funny because in Miami, we would have idiots that would want to fire uh, Dan Campbell after that, which you can't fire. He screwed up, okay, but he's done wonders in Detroit that nobody's ever done. You, you can't ever, you know. But it, here's the funny part. So San Francisco's in the Super Bowl. Let me explain to you some Dolphin fans now. 
Okay. Let me explain to you what I deal with. Okay. Cause I guarantee you if I was doing this show and we switch teams and we have the Niners here and they have the dolphins in San Francisco. Okay. And we have the success they're having John Lynch. They would want to fire him. Why? Because of the trade for Lance three first rounders, all of that. Two years ago, they would have fried the guy. Oh, who cares this, that? And even if Purdy would have had success in that first year, which he did, not this second year, but last year, they still would have said, oh, no, John Lynch sucks. He gave away three first rounders, this, that. That Purdy guy is probably not real, all that. And they would have wanted to fire it. Even though he's done a great job building up the team, okay, they haven't won it, whatever. They've fallen short. I get it. And then they made a disastrous trade for Trey Lance. The Dolph, a lot of Dolph fans would have wanted everybody fired at that point. And look, they're now in the Super Bowl. But this is what I deal with. And it's not the reality, unfortunately. So some of you, you just get too, too, too emotional. So I would have Dolph fans that would want to fire Dan Campbell. I would have Dolph fans that would want to fire John Lynch. Guaranteed, dude. Guaranteed. A year ago, they'd be wanting to fire John Lynch. Now, two years in, I mean, by now, you got to be pretty pretty much, like, convinced that, you know, Purdy's a good player, dude. The guy can throw the football. He's accurate. Give him, give him love, dude. He deserves it. Uh, let's see. Uh, the replacements is one of those movies that never gets old, no matter how much you watch it. I, I can watch the replacements every single time I run into it. I will stop. And from the moment I watch it, I probably will watch it all the way to the end. Oh, and, and by the way, can I say one thing about the replacements? The cheerleader that Falco, you know, hooks up with. I don't know how she looks now or whatever. Can I just say, She's got one of the great smiles I've ever seen in my life. Her teeth, her smile was just dynamite, dude. She's cute, too, and all that stuff. But her smile, that's always something that always stands out to me about that human being there. You know what I mean? Her smile was just electrifying, dude. Really, 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 really attractive. Not only was she cute and nice body and all that kind of stuff, and that's the obvious stuff, but to me... Her smile was just, man, electrifying. Loved it. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, what do you think of Vince McMahon? Looks like he's a uh, scum of the earth is what he looks like. If all this stuff is true. I mean, listen, it's not like you were looking at Vince McMahon like he was some kind of great guy or whatever. But um, looks like he deserves jail time if that stuff is real. If not, just get lost and go join a mariachi band since that's what you look like now. Big old best sports movie, Slapshot. But, hey, I'm Canadian. I, I have no problem somebody saying Slapshot is one of the best sports movies. Slapshot's a great movie. Are you kidding me? I mean, the Hanson brothers are probably some of the best characters in the history of sports movies. Uh, Big O, I'm wrong. Back in the day, Miami had indoor football team, right? Yeah, the Hooters. 
Yeah, I have a I have a helmet. Um, Jim Jensen was part owner of the Hooters, my man. Uh, let's see. I remember I went to the game when I was younger. I forget the name and where the stadium was. It was at the Miami Arena, and it was the Miami Hooters. They were there for for a little while. I I believe two seasons. I want to say. Can you look it up? Can you Wikipedia the bitch for me? I want to say the Miami Hooters was here for two years. Then they moved. I, I Did they or did they move to Miami from somewhere or they after like two years here, then they moved somewhere else and then it was disbanded or something or I forgot how it went. But I think it was at the Miami Arena. I want to say about two seasons. No more than that. I have a Miami Hooters helmet. Yeah, I do. I bought one back in the day. And uh, it's a collector's item now. Yes, sir. All right, so technically there was two teams. Right. The Miami Hooters, primarily recognized by the Arena Football League, its debut in the league began as the Sacramento Attack. That's what it was. In they 1992. Some... Right. And then it... And... Hold on a minute, sorry. And then there's the Florida Bobcats... Yes, that is Which true. was based in Sunrise. They were previously known as the Sunrise Attack. So I'm not sure. Maybe they moved from Miami Arena to Sunrise? Maybe. Maybe. And, and they went or, from the Miami Hooters to the Florida Bobcats because they were doing. Right. And how many how many years were they, are they the Hooters in Miami Arena? Like two years, I want to say? Uh, hold on I don't minute. know if they made it to a third. They I were, want to say it was a. They were in the league uh, from '92 to 2001. They were the attack in '92. They were the Hooters from '93 to '95, and then '96 to 2001, they were the Florida Bobcats. And in that time, they won. Uh, let's see here. They won a, a, an they AFL title. They won nothing. Okay. Two yeah, playoff yeah. appearances in '92 and '93, and then downhill from there. Just like all the other South Florida teams. Yeah. Yeah. If, if something, uh, I think if something I would tell people, any investor out there, don't ever put a minor league team in South Florida. Doesn't matter if you're the Miami Miracles, you're the Miami Matadors, you're the Miami Hooters, you're the Miami Tropics, you, you will fail. Okay. The Florida Bobcats. I, you know, I've, I've lived it. I've watched all these minor league teams come and go, and none of them ever work out, okay? You can only survive in South Florida with pro teams, okay? Full-fledged, top-of-the-tier professional teams, and you better commit to entertaining and winning. Not You don't have to win a title, but you have to commit to being worthy of being going out to, to If not, you will die like the Marlins. You know, but if you do that, then you're fine. But all minor league teams, all of them fail. Every single one fails in South Florida. We will not support minor league teams. We won't support the New York Yankees minor league team. We won't support the Baltimore Orioles minor league team. We won't support a slew of arena teams, arena league teams. And I don't care if you're the Matadors in minor league hockey or the Hooters, or the Bobcats in minor league football, I don't care what you do, okay? 
you can you can bring any kind of minor league outfit here and you will not survive you will die and die a quick death every single time south floridians even if you win we want no part of minor league teams we don't want miami fc we don't want inter miami you know not inter miami this one cf but i'm talking about uh no it wasn't inter miami it was uh fusion i'm sorry no fusion was mls uh and they only failed because of the owner not because of the fans but i know there was another minor league it's just they all struggle dude they all struggle it's a shame but we're we're not we will not support minor league sports and forget about it uh let's see uh, ladies football in Miami, bring back that league. Yeah, that that failed too. Uh, women's soccer. I went up to see the uh, the Jack, whatever the Power Jack, the Magic Jack. And and by the way, we had some of the best women's soccer players in the world on our team in our backyard in Palm Beach. They had a couple of benches there for you to sit. It was just it it would it was it was never going to make it. We will not support any minor league sports, dude. We just won't. They've all died. Take it from the the the, the Miami Soul was an M- WNBA team and it couldn't make it here. And WNBA is kind of considered, you know, to males minor league. Not not that it's right, but it is. What can I say? Uh, what else do we have? Super V says, best show, Big O Show. It's educational, it's diverse in topics, and three, it provides great sponsors. Thank you, Big O. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you supporting our sponsors like Cutter's Edge Pro. And light up that cigar with Perdomo. Yes, sir. So the my, they tried very hard. They had Don Strzok the first year in Miami. Yeah. And then the first year they came back here to Sunrise, Jim Jensen was their head coach. Yep. Yep. They're trying yep. to build on the nostalgia. Also, they went from Arco Arena to the Miami Arena to West Palm Beach Auditorium back right. to – then it was the National Car Rental Center. Right. Is where they finished exactly. up. It's just – it was tough, man. Tough. The minor league outfits just struggle to survive here, man. All right. Uh, we thank Cameron Wolf. We thank Manny Navarro as always. Uh, appreciate Sean Stanley, the man, the myth, the legend that knows how to get it done here on the show. We shall see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Remember, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, we're going to be at Top Gun Indoor Range. All right, so we're going to have our first ever shooting contest, so let's have some fun. Got the plaque ready, going to get some prizes, some giveaways, and and have some fun, so Come on out and join us, 12015 Southwest, 114 place. Right off of the Turnpike and 120th, you make a left, and you go through the next light, and you'll see a shopping center on your right side. Past that shopping center, right behind it is is Top Gun. And uh, come on out and join us, man. By the way, if you need to eat dinner or anything, the hole in the wall is right there, and they serve some great food. Okay? There you go. All right? And maybe somebody in your entourage doesn't want to be at the gun place at, at the at the at the at the range. 
You can leave them off over at uh, at Odyssey Arcade, which is two blocks away, and they can be playing video games while you're at the Top Gun indoor range. So there you go. You can do that too, see? See, I try to make life as easy as possible for you and the family and all that stuff. So uh, come on out and join us tomorrow at 7 o'clock at Top Gun Indoor Range. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Appreciate all of you that tuned in. If you sent in a super chat, thank you. If you sent in a cash app or Venmo at any time, Cash Big O Show, we appreciate it immensely. We'll see you uh, tomorrow morning, same time. Same place, same bat channel. All right, folks, the competition is set this Wednesday, January 31st, 7 p.m., Top Gun Indoor Range. Just got the plaque for the winner. Our first shooting contest at Top Gun, 7 o'clock. Hey, by the way, everybody participating in the shooting contest will get a big old T-shirt. So come on out and participate. Even participating, you win. We'll have some prizes and giveaways. The winner will get this plaque. Orvieto's Awards and more. They are in North Miami Beach. I've known them for about 30 years. They do great work. And then, of course, Steve and all the great people at Top Gun Indoor Range is going to be fun. We're going to make this a contest every couple of months. We're going to have some fun. So this is our first plaque ever for the giveaway. So who's going to win it? Who is it? Who's got the best shot here in South Florida? Meet us this Wednesday, January 31st, 7 p.m., Top Gun Indoor Range. Y'all be good out there. And of course, tune in to the Big O Radio Show daily, 10 a.m. on YouTube.